And now, introducing the man who fully agrees with the penalization of all athletes who have the gall to smoke marijuana being punished to the full extent of the law, as he says, quote, you don't deserve to compete if you took a hit of reefer 25 days ago. You should be smarter and do much harder, more addictive drugs five days ago to be sure your system is clean, unquote. After the slew of sponsorships handed out to college athletes on the first day of NIL being allowed by the NCAA, he offered an undeniably enticing package of, quote, three ham sandwiches in exchange for a neck tattoo of the radio's show logo, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Kyle Ottenheimer. I mean, I'm not going to spend any time talking about the Shakari Richards thing. They really don't let her go to the Olympics because of marijuana. They just cancel them. Well, no offense to everybody else, but cancel them. Yeah. There's no, no, it's absurd. Well, it's a, you know, she couldn't have done it without it, you know? She couldn't uh, run, run that 10-8. What the hell is going on? Without a little bit of weed. What the hell is going on in the world? Hi, uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Window Nation. They have an amazing offer for you right now, 50% off all styles of windows Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Coming up this morning, just a few minutes, our buddy Greg Rosenthal is going to join us. Of course, the Courts of Thunder podcast, and I'm told some football thing, but I don't care about that. Um, I would lie to you and tell you that we talk football. There's no football to talk about, so we're going to talk tennis. That's what we're going to do. What about the football? Uh, what football? All the football. N- name it. There's a lot of football. Like? Uh, they're playing a league in another place. No, um, th- th- that ended. There's, there's discussions surrounding uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. They're really Devontae Adams would love to play with Derek Carr. Because they went to college together. So it's not I, an actual story. He said something nice about a guy that he went to college there's, with. Um, there's Najee Harris burning the midnight oil in Steelers camp. They're uh-huh. very impressed. Okay. There's um, uh, Marlon Humphrey has a receding hairline. Okay. So we're going to talk uh, Wimbledon with uh, Greg Rosenthal here in a minute. Of course, the Courts of Thunder podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. Greg, uh, the NFL Network, and around the NFL, but who cares about that? That's irrelevant at the moment. Later on in the show, Brian Barrio, he is the athletic director at UMBC. We will talk to him more about uh, NIL and how things work for him on campus now that NIL is a thing. What does that actually look like? I want to get some of those details. How? What's the day-to-day impact for an athletic department now that it's a thing that exists and what do they have to do in order to, to keep a watchful eye over it? I, I'm fascinated by all of that. So we'll talk to Brian Barrio from UMBC about what it means for his department a little bit later on this morning as well. The Orioles, of course, were off last night, which is a shame because... Well, no, the Diamondbacks lost. Right, but that's a... Well, they won, I mean. The Diamondbacks won. So they've okay, gained the, the game. Okay, so there's that. Half a game. But that's not good. The Orioles have won three in a row. We don't talk about that. It was a sweep. It was an important sweep. Morale boosting. No, it wasn't. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was a morale boosting thing. Um, the people are mad that Cedric Mullins wasn't voted an all-star starter. He was never going to be voted an all-star starter. He's on a terrible baseball team, and there was just not a push. Sure there was a starter, I think it, Frazier is starting for the Pirates. It, which is weird, but I also like looked at the second base options in the National League, yeah, and I get it, there is next to nothing. I saw that, and I was like, how is that possible? But then I went, and I, I'm, I'm trying to remember who the other two finalists were, but it was... Um, off the top of my head, well, Ozzy Albies is still pretty good. Ozzy Albies was one of the two finalists. Yeah. That is true. And I guess I would be saying that I'm surprised there wasn't more of a push from Braves fans. The other one, who the hell was the other one? 
not Ozzy Albies. It wasn't Ozzy. No, thank you. He was one of them. You're yeah. right about that. Thank you. know what? I really When I'm right, I'm right, you know? It. You know what? When you are, mm-hmm. you are. When you're not, you're I'm not. Also, right. No, huh? not at all. But when you are, you are. Sloane Stevens is trying to stay in the match. I don't like her chances right now. Don't like her chances. That doesn't make me happy. Um, Francis Tiafo, by the way, already a loser. Uh, Gavin Lux was the other starter. He's not playing that great either. Yeah. So, or the I mean, other, any other finals? Albie's right, uh, like eight hundred OPS there, about like you'd think Probably. that the name plus I would think the decent Braves, production would have been enough to get I, him as a starter. I would starter, think that the fan base being motivated to try to vote him in—that's part. Maybe that's all the Pirates had, right? That's part of the issue. Part of the issue that that Cedric sure. Mullins had is that this fan base, and I'm not calling you guys out. I get it was not motivated to go say, we need to spend every moment of every day voting for this dude to get him into the All-Star game. This fan base is largely sitting dormant because the team's no good. So it's what it is. Um, maybe still start because of It's possible Trout. that yeah. he will be the replacement for Mike Trout. It's I mean, certainly, he's deserving, of course. You say that. Who, who would be? He's having a really good season. This is always the tricky thing about the All-Star it's game. kind of the point of the All-Star game, right? You honor The overwhelming majority of baseball fans have no idea who Cedric Mullins is. Okay, but we're still talking about what did he finish? It's, fifth or sixth, right? I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, right. So, I mean, if it's as cut and dry as this is a center fielder, the center fielder's out, who would pick the next best center fielder? It's not as cut and dry as that. It's never been as cut and dry as that. The idea is it's a TV show, and they want the best for their TV show. This this notion that there's some, like, holy thing that's going on and that it's terribly important they get the right person is insane. They are doing a TV show. It's important they do what's best for their television show. That's it. Are we to the point now where we are assuming it's either going to be Mullins or Mancini that both will not be on the team? No, I'm not assuming that at all. I think it's totally plausible that both will end up being on the team. It's not going to be the end of the world if one isn't. And and as I wrote about in that case, it should be Mancini, with no offense to Cedric Mullins, who's been great. But for multiple for a multitude of reasons, Trey Mancini should be an All Star. Period. The uh, the the always goofy part about the All Star game is that we're rewarding someone for three months of playing good baseball and forgetting, like in this case, it's been two years since there's been an All-Star game. Most years, it's been a year since the last All-Star game. And we pretend like the only thing that should matter is who's playing well for those three months. Well, he's not playing just good. He's playing incredibly. He's playing incredibly well for those three months. Nobody's debating that. But it doesn't change whether or not he's really one of the stars of baseball yet. He is a having a very good season. And if this continues, Cedric Mullins might become a perennial all-star. Might become a perennial all-star starter. But right now, getting worked up over a guy who's had three months of good baseball in his career is not something that's worth doing. It's obnoxious, it, I think. Why? I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not pretending that I don't understand, right? Like, I'm not pretending that it, the fan voting aspect of this is not altogether... You know the reason that this happened, but I mean, what would the other scenario be? The players who play the best get in. 
I mean, that's that's so subjective, man. I mean, it's Stop. subjective, but it isn't when you look at his numbers, right? Like, it's no, not, if you're just saying the guys who have the highest he's WAR, he's objectively get in. been the best center fielder through the first right, half of the, baseball. The guy that hit 30 home runs versus the guy that's getting on base at a 360 clip, who's the better baseball player? Well, luckily for Cedric Rollins, those arguments don't exist against him. It's fine, but the concept speaking. is subjective. You can't just say. The, we can define who the best baseball players are outside of just saying we're going to give the guys with the highest award the spots in the All-Star game. That's, that's the only option. Right? By any metric, he's deserving. You keep saying this about Cedric Mullins. Yes. The concept is, fa- is flawed. You can't say, I'm going to pick a flawed concept because it gets me the result that I want. The concept is flawed. So how, I mean, so then there's no, there'd be no what, good way to do it then, right? Is no. You're arguing? This, it, also, it would be pointless why would you have an all-star game that you're trying to get ratings for if you don't have the people that you want to watch the all-star game be involved in the process? What is the point? Look, if Mike Trout were healthy now and uh, eligible to play, no doubt he's going to play because it's Mike effing Trout. But that's still sort of, in my opinion slightly negates the purpose of honoring a player for playing great baseball, right? Like, even if this is a small sample size in the context of Cedric Mullins' career, but you, he's doing it in 2021. But you're pretending like this is that. This isn't that. It never has been that. That's not what this is. If you want to do a first-team all-MLB thing the way that they do in the NFL, so they separate the Pro Bowl from All-Pro, and we understand that All-Pro is more important than the Pro Bowl, that's a completely different conversation. This is a TV show. But unfortunately, doesn't it have implications in yes, arbitration and all that? and that's a different that? conversation. A hundred percent. That's a conversation that should be had about how silly that is. This is a television program. That's all this is. We get so worked up about it. This thing exists for one reason. To try to get something that pops a number in the middle of a baseball season. That's it. That's the only reason why this is a thing to get people to tune in, to create an audience. That's it. That's the only reason why there's an all-star game, period. I hear you. I just don't know who would be the guy that would be eligible to be center fielder right now who would be the obvious answer. I I don't have an obvious answer. I'm not telling you that I know. Oscar Hernandez just because Toronto fans showed out the vote. He's already in. I'm aware, but I'm saying like his presence as a starter is certainly not going to get people to watch. No, it's not, but he got voted in. That's the way that it works. You have a system, he got voted in. They they ran to the ballot box. They they clipped their you know they punched their punch cards. It's a shame. Probably those did virtually. Anymore. Yes. Yeah, they don't they don't do that anymore. Maybe it's they ran to their phones. They should punch punch cards still because that was the most fun thing about mm-hmm. going to a baseball game for years. Um, that's I, I I don't. This is such a weird. It's such a weird bit for us to get worked up about something like this. That's all we have as Orioles fans right now. I mean, is the notion that we have one of the best players in baseball, and and what I would say is that means that means you don't have anything. That's that's this is not a thing. Cedric it's Mullins is a thing, thing right now. Cedric Mullins is a good baseball player. Whether Cedric Mullins starts in the All Star game or not is not a thing. But it's about it's all we have. I understand the anger from Orioles fans, even if it's misplaced. Like I'm not going to pretend that I'm up in arms, but it would be nice to see a player playing as well as him recognized. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I got nothing for you on this. I, I can't. Th- it's irrelevant. It could not be less relevant. I hope that Cedric Mullins is a really good baseball player for a long time, because if he is, that means this won't be a thing in future years. 
Good if morning. you're a morning, really, Troy. if you're a really good, thank you. I love you, Troy. Good, God bless you. If you're a really good baseball player, moving forward, you start getting voted in, or it starts becoming that you're such a household name that you get selected even when you don't get voted. I in. hear you, but chicken and the egg sort of way. Like nobody's gonna be watching the Orioles for the rest of the year, right? Like this would be an exposure opportunity for baseball to market potentially new stars as well. So, like, look, I understand this is just how it works. We had the Royals. Uh, starting all nine players, or eight players, once upon a time. It could be Michael Brantley. That could fit. You're right, Chris. I mean, he's certainly well, more well-known than Cedric Mullins is, but I'm not... I, I, I don't care. I, and I mean this. It, would Cedric Mullins, based on what he's done for three months, be deserving of, of a spot as a starter in the All-Star game? I've said this a million times. Absolutely. I, is that how this works? No. We have to get over that. Get over ourselves and this obsession with this. We're smarter than this. I'd like to hope we are anyway. We've been paying attention for a really long time. It's not how this works. It's it's silly. Whether Cedric Mullen starts in the All-Star game or not has nothing to do with the season that he's having. It doesn't suddenly mean that Cedric Mullins isn't having a great season because he's not a starter in the All-Star game. Irrelevant. Could not be less relevant. Carmen, than you are. I'm not even worked up. Carmen, than you are. I, I don't think you are. I, mean, I don't know that there's times where I would agree with you. I'm not sure that you are this time. Join my coffee. In fact, I'm going to disagree with that. Yeah, finish my coffee. You're the one who's trying to make the argument about it. No, I'm just saying that it would be, look, it's an idealistic way to think that this is all a meritocracy, and I'm not naive. Like, I'm not pretending that this is surprising. It's just, you know, it's as an Orioles fan, as a, to watch a player play as well as he's played throughout the entirety of the first half of the season, right? There's been no real slumps throughout the course of it, you know? It would have been nice to have seen baseball as a whole recognize that. And I understand that fan bases are emotional. They're voting for who they like I, and who they know. I, I, don't, I just don't know why that matters. I don't know. I, I'll never understand why. It's this tell me I'm pretty thing. My life changes zero. I'm not interested in the All-Star game. And no offense, Cedric Mullins starting in it won't make me more interested. Mm, it would make me more inclined to tune in probably. Good, good for you. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I tell you what, it is true. I'm more inclined to tune in, and this is, I am more inclined to tune in for the home run derby. In fairness, I would have been zero inclined to tune in. I'm more inclined because Trey Mancini is an amazing story, and it's one that you like seeing. Sure. Right? I mean, I would have tuned in for Cedric Mullen, alone. <laughs> well, maybe. But you're, you're in a different, you like the home run derby. I do. You, it's a different thing for you. Cedric Mullins is, is a neat story locally, and that's cool, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But Cedric Mullins is not yet the guy that is more than a guy who's played three months of really good baseball. And I, I'm not trying to knock him because of it. That's amazing. It's amazing that he's played three really good months of baseball. If in three years Cedric Mullins is playing like this, he might become one of the most important Orioles of a generation. And at that point... You know, like Ty Wigginton? Nailed it. Great comparison. At that point, I will be far more inclined to be interested in anything that Cedric Mullins is doing. I like Cedric Mullins, but he's a really good player on a really bad baseball team. And unfortunately, at the moment, that doesn't mean a ton. That doesn't stir my soul in any way. What he's does stir your soul? Tennis. 
That's the only thing right now that stirs my soul. The Phoenix Suns. I mean, I don't know if you paid attention, it's stirring my soul. A really, a really good pasta stirs my soul. Yeah. I don't get to eat enough of them anymore. Hit or miss for me. I don't really care about pasta, but like that good meats. That makes you, know? you a garbage human. Probably good well cooked steak. Poof. I mean, who doesn't enjoy well cooked steak? I'm Italian. Well cooked, a really good pasta is going to stir my soul. That's the way it's going to go. I, can you make homemade pasta? Can I yeah. make? No, no. I mean, you I, never could, tried? I've, I could, but I've, it's you not something. I, I, years ago, I, and I, and like I got through it, but no, it's not something that I would say I would count on. Not at all. Not, not one bit. Not a case. Not the case whatsoever. How does that make you feel? Mm, it doesn't bother me one bit. That's not my. That's not my place in life. Um, let me get back to this. Adam Jones became one of the most important Orioles we'll ever know. Mm-hmm. But that didn't come. The first time Adam Jones played three good months of baseball. That came because Adam Jones was a really good baseball player, and then that was met with his attitude and winning. And when that happened, everything that Adam Jones did became far more important to a far larger group of people. Cedric Mullins, frankly, is playing better than Adam Jones. Just be honest about that. These three months have been incredible. But they've been for a bad baseball team, and they've been three months. And so for me to suddenly say I am embracing everything about Cedric Mullins, I hope that this continues, because if it does, I sure as FM. If I mean, I'm embracing him now, right? Like it's, it's not. You're, am I enjoying it? I appreciate the fact that he's a good baseball player 100%. He's the only bit of joy on this team right now. I mean, I mean Mountcastle's been good in the past month or two, and that's a, nice. A, a team, Mancini, a team course, that I like care about so much that, that I have no feelings right now that I have to sit down and watch them every night. He's... He's the reason probably I tune in when I when I'm what it's it's and it's incredible that he's just continued to hit right like it's been uh, you no, know it's, for it's for been a really good three months nobody is debating that part of it it's been an unbelievably good three months he just keeps getting better which is the crazy part and at right? the end of the year if he's still this guy there's going to be a great chance that he's going to maybe be that guy come the All Star break next year. This is, it's an absurd thing to get worked up about. It's such an absurd thing to get worked up about. I'm, guys, there are things that are worth getting worked up about. This is not one of them. Like pasta. Yes, get worked up about pasta. Should be really good. Don't get worked up about the Cedric Mullins in the All-Star game in the first year that he's playing good baseball. It's not, it's not a thing. Stop. He's having a really good three months. And pray that it continues. Because if it does, I promise you, this is not going to be a problem moving forward. If Cedric Mullins continues to play like this, he's going to be an all-star forever. Well, he's going to stop playing baseball at some point. As long as he's playing baseball. Thank you, Kyle. I wanted Thank to make you. sure. Dynamite observation. Hyperbolic Just statements. Dynamite you know? observation. You're killing it today. I am. God, you've you got a lot to offer. It's just tremendous work. You're welcome. Tremendous work. On when I'm right, I'm right. <sighs> The rest of the All-Stars will be announced on Sunday. and It'll include him, probably. Probably will include Cedric Mullins. Almost, almost certainly at this point, because of the injuries, will include Cedric Mullins. Really important that it includes Trey Mancini. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the one that really matters. Who's been a star for a few years. Who is deserving, based on his many baseball accomplishments, not based on just three months. He's never had three months like this. 
Thank you. We should. Few, I mean, few players have. This is a let, let, truly let, incredible. Let's have a, a best three months list. And it's then, called the All Star Game. <laughs> it's not what it's what the All Star Game is. Not at all. Not remotely. Never has been. Never will. Although there are certainly examples of guys who got in only because they had three good months, and by the end of the season, it would have been laughable thinking about them as an All Star at that point. Whereas other guys have won Cy Young awards that didn't make the All Star game. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Make the most out of every day in a Toyota RAV4, available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Doing a silly bit today on Twitter uh, in honor of NIL. It's a finish this, I guess. The most logical company to have sponsored me when I was in college would have been blank. The most logical company to have sponsored me when I was in college would have been blank. The answers are as predictable as I expected them to be. Continue to get me yours at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll go over some of those here in a bit. Our next guest, of course, is the host of a very popular show. It's called Courts of Thunder. And it's available wherever you get your podcasts right now. Let's talk a little Wimbledon. I also hear he's involved with some football thing, but I don't care about that. He is our friend Greg Rosenthal, and he joins us now here on GCR. What's going on, bud? How's that family vacation? And and does the entire family hate me for how many times I've stolen you away? (laughs) No, you know, they hate me, but that's just kind of a a long-standing thing. You know what? I realize, though... Um, vacation is a perfect time to be doing a Wimbledon podcast with my friend Glenn Clark because I have a lot of free time and I've spent a lot of it watching tennis and I, I think this morning uh, might be the best tennis I've seen. Some good matches. Really? You think? I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, right now I'm talking the okay. last hour. We got Owen right. Jabur versus Muguruza and Sloan versus Samsonova. I don't know if your listeners are that interested in these matches, but let me tell you. They have been quite good. Unfortunately, uh, Maryland's own Francis TFO did not have a very good morning as he was uh, eliminated in straight sets by uh, a hatching off, which is a real, real bummer. All right, um, so one of the things about the, if you don't know, if you have not been listening to Courts of Thunder, the reason why Greg and I do it is because we're just fans and tennis brings us a lot of joy. And so we try to find as much joy as we possibly can when we're watching these tournaments uh, Greg is a massive Venus Williams fan. I'm a massive Serena Williams fan. He, we're also fans of the other. Let's make that very clear. Um, we're both Williams sisters fans. We spent a lot of the first episode talking about the awkward conversation regarding the Williams sisters. If you missed that, again, go download the episode. But because they're famous and this is the show that I need to talk about that on, Greg, um, you, are, you are still convinced that Serena has a shot to get the 24. Yeah, I saw you wrote, you know, that it was awkward in the podcast. I don't think it's awkward. It's aging athletes. Let's destigmatize this. Let's destigmatize athletes, the, you know, some of the greatest ever when they get older, that it's some sort of sad affair. Watching Serena get hurt was, was absolutely sad, but it's like the thing that brings her the most joy. It's the thing that she's better at than anyone else. And, and because she loves the sport so much to the point where, you know, where Venus, you know, is out there playing at 41 and, and really enjoying it. I, I can see Serena doing that, and I can absolutely see Serena winning a big-time Grand Slam again because she's Serena freaking Williams, and it, it just takes two great weeks of tennis. And, and 
and she's done legendary stuff before. And I think the love of the game will be there for her. So I, I am not giving up on Serena by any. I'm not. Look, I told you already. I'm not giving up on her whatsoever because she's Serena Williams. I hear you. I just. I, the awkward part about it to me is I, I'm trying. I use logic now, and logically, I don't. I just don't love her chances. And the other part of it is really important to me. It's important to me that we, the rest of us, understand that as mu- as badly as she wants to do it, and as badly as we want to see her do it, it is irrelevant. It's it's irrelevant. She's the greatest player of all time. Period. There is no. There's nothing else that needs to be accomplished for it to matter. It would be awesome if she did. But if she doesn't, it just doesn't matter. This is a mythical, farcical number that exists, number 24. Oh, yes. I mean, the, the Margaret Court number, she was this Australian player who, who won you know, half of her Grand Slams when most of the tour didn't travel to Australia because it wasn't that big of a deal. No one knew back then that that's how they were keeping score. You know, they, they didn't even know that in the 70s. So uh, it's not even a question that Serena's the greatest women's player of all time. If you want to get super sports radio, then you can get to is she the greatest athlete of her generation? Yep. Is she the greatest tennis player of all time? Yep. Um, you know, because certainly just in terms of what she's won on a big stage, uh, you could make that argument, but you could also make that argument uh, for a man who's just starting on center court, Novak Djokovic. So there's, there's many options. I, 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 I completely agree with all of those things. Uh, Greg Rosenthal is with us. Courts of Thunder is the podcast. Um, the are are you buying at all more into Roger Federer after watching his second round match? He looked he looked yes. much better because than he looked in the first rounds. Absolutely, and he got the Federer thing now. I don't know if you know this, um, Glenn, but like little goblins just sprinkle magic Federer dust <laughs> into the draws at Grand Slams in his later years, especially at Wimbledon. Yeah, and they they just sprinkle a bunch of chumps. And they sprinkle a bunch of upsets, and now you look at Federer's draw, and he has, I, I think, no problem getting into the quarters. Now, you could you could be surprised, um, but he absolutely has the easiest section of the draw. He'll be the heavy favorite in the next two matches, in my mind. And then, okay, once you're there, it's going to get real tricky. You probably would play Medvedev, and we'll see. But I do think we're going to get that big Federer versus a big-time player in the business end of the tournament. And I was not sure if we were going to get that. And now the way the draws opened up and the way he looked, I, I think he'll be able to survive a bad day against uh, each of his next two opponents. If he has one bad day, I think he'll be able to survive it, get through, and at least get to a big-time match, which is fun, and, and I wasn't sure we were going to get I there. agree with that. Look, I do think that Cam is tricky, and I think it's particularly tricky. <laughs> It'll be awkward to see how the crowd reacts if that becomes a compelling match, right? Like... Nori is adopted. They'll root for Federer. Here, I think, I'm going to give you the, I think so, too. They'll root for them both, but they're going to root for Federer. The, I, Brits, the Brits will root for I tend to. I tend to agree with that, and I think it'll create a little bit of awkwardness there because Nori yeah, really right. has adopted uh, England as his home, and, and I think it'll create a very awkward, uncomfortable situation where you're right. They'll want to root for both of them, but at some point it'll become obvious who they're rooting for a little bit more than the other one, <laughs> and I think that creates an awkward spot. Um, what else? Are, when I don't, we're going to do an episode at some point over the course of the next couple of days. Um, what else are the big things that are on your mind from the last couple of days of Wimbledon? Whew, well, the, you know, the, the women's are wide open, but you know, Ashley Barty, the number one player in the world, does look healthy, does does look good. And then on on the men's side, you know, Medvedev, um, who's been coming up, and if if you're curious, who's gonna 
you know, take the mantle when these greats, you know, Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic take, oh, you know, leave the stage. You know, Medvedev, to me, is the, is the number one candidate, and he hasn't totally broken through and won a slam, but he, he's playing very well, and he is in Federer's quarter there, so they could match up in the quarterfinals. And, and uh, I'm looking for him to make this a, a really fun uh, business end of the men's tournament. As usual, in my mind, the women's tournament tends to be a little more interesting in the yep. first week. Some of these third-round matches are just fantastic. And then the men's big hitters uh, are all show up at the end. And I, and I like seeing Medvedev and Rublev, the two two young Russians who are, are very entertaining players to watch. And obviously uh, the, the, the big American hope playing a little bit later on today is Seb Korda against Daniel Evans. We're going to miss out on the possibility of a All-American fourth-rounder uh, between he and TFO, but um, still, still someone... If you've been dying for something to embrace as an American men's <laughs> tennis fan, and I know yep. a lot of us have, there are signs that Seb Korda maybe could become that guy in the, in the he, coming he years. He could be. He, he looks like a top 20, 25 player. He's only 20 years old. He has it all. And one of our you know previous hopes on the women's side, Madison Keith, who's not going to have a dominant career, no. but can at times be a dominant player, is playing later today. And, and I think you know she's in a very tough part of the draw, but I, I think she's got a shot. She I, I give her... I give her a, I give her about a five. If I put five or six names down to win this tournament, she would be one of the names. So that that's a good good sign on the American side. We will talk all about this coming up on Courts of Thunder <laughs> again. Subscribe, like, review, share, com comments help. If you comment on our our silly YouTube channel, even if you make fun of my lazy eye, it actually helps us. I don't. I need you to know that. Thank you to the guy who's doing. It helps us because more comments <laughs> equals the, the videos getting pushed more. It's a good thing. So please go do all of those things. Like, comment, review, share, subscribe, all of that, as uh, we're going to try to keep continuing to do uh, Courts of Thunder throughout the slams. I guess I'm supposed to spend like a minute doing something football-related here um, okay. before the bosses. Are, are we still even having an Aaron Rodgers conversation at that point? At this point? Like, <laughs> it seems like it's just died. Not right now. And yet, I mean, it's July. It's like here. Here's the thing. All the teams, you know, the Ravens, they're all having fun on their vacation. This is probably the last weekend um, that the front office and the coaches are truly and totally off the grid. They have been for about a week or two. They will all come back next week. So it's like no one's doing anything. Everyone's uh, with their family. My my son was begging though. He's like, when is football gonna start? And I said, you know, preseason's about six weeks away. We're getting there. But nothing important is going to happen in the next couple of weeks, especially with Rodgers. Uh, that's not going to happen until mid-August, I don't think, uh, when it really starts getting dicey. So you're, you st th th you think there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers could end up being dealt just weeks before the season begins? I don't think there's uh, much of a chance. Okay. I just All I right. think the two options are um, they give him more money and they settle it. Um, and I think that's not going to happen until very close to the season starting or even, you know, like within days of the season starting or even after the season starting, like a week. Yeah. Uh, or I think he's going to sit out the season. To me, those are the two uh, options. And I would I would lean towards them just giving him the money and figuring it out that's, in the end. That I mean, that's at, at this point, once we gotten this deep into it, I've kind of assumed that had to be the case, right? Like if something was going to yeah. happen, it would have happened by now, right? Like I just can't. It, that is well, such... they need a deadline. There's, you know, there really isn't any pressure. You think Aaron Rodgers is dying to be there for the first uh, week of no, two days? Not really. Lord, so, no. The, so to me, the the deadline is really week one, and we're 
we're really far away from week one. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still, I hear you. I just, boy, I cannot. It's such a. Have, is there any comparison, like in the history of football, to the possibility of Aaron Rodgers being dealt mm. within a, a month of the start of the NFL season? Like, I. That that would be one of the biggest bombs in the history of football, wouldn't it? He, it here's why I just I just don't think it's going to happen. You know, I guess if you told me Jordan Love like looked like the second coming of Aaron Rodgers in camp, that would help push it along. Yeah. I just don't believe the Packers front office uh, wants to live in a world where there's even a five percent chance that Aaron Rodgers is winning the Super Bowl or making the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. I think they would much rather uh, just eat this controversy. Eat. Um, losing him for a season, then possibly let him succeed anywhere else this season. Uh, maybe next season that would change, you know, because you can get draft picks before the draft and you can get players. But I don't think they'll even entertain it. I think they'll just put him on ice or they'll figure it out. One of the. Did two. you see the shot that owns Jabor just hit? By the way, I did not. Oh, I, I'm so I, I know. Sorry. I believe so what sorry. I think right now might be the match of the tournament. Oh, so Jabor good. I, I, so if you like stylish tennis, good contrast and styles, put it on. Right. <laughs> uh, understanding that nobody really knows and that any report indicating that there's belief that one thing is going to happen is probably not entirely true. Do you expect Lamar Jackson extension to get done before the season? I do, yeah, because I think he's he's made it clear um, he wants it to happen. And the Ravens, you know, importantly, have made it clear they want it to happen. You know, he's apparently... You know, being active in the negotiations himself, which makes me think uh, it's even more likely to happen. And and this is the time of year to do it. So even if he showed up to camp without the contract, I I would put that about 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 ninety five percent. Now it's either going to be right, you know, it's going to be in the middle of July, or it'll be in the middle of August. But I, I they're not stressing it. I'm not so I'm not stressing it. And I think that they're probably fairly close on it already. Yeah, I, I look. I thought this was going to get done at some. Whether it wasn't a big deal to me whether it got done now or you know whether they waited a year, but at, I think that, that really for as an organization, why not get it out of the way and know what it's going to mean and be able to work around that with every decision that you make moving forward. Like Lamar sounded so confident that it will get done when he talked. So that that to me shows like he's already got an offer on the table that like he I don't think he's he knows he doesn't want to play another year without getting that money. And uh, I think he's pretty he's pretty confident the Ravens really want to get a deal done. And so usually it happens in July. So I, I would kind of guess it happens right before camp starts. But uh, if it doesn't, I wouldn't sweat it either because he's, he's showing up to camp and, and they'll get it done in August, which is very often when these big contract things happen. They happen during camp all the time. And if a guy shows up, it typically means he knows that it's getting done. Like yep, it's yep, exactly. exactly right. All right. Uh, I mean, are you guys doing the other? You know, that other show that's not nearly as popular as Courts of Thunder. Are you guys? Are you guys still? We're <laughs> on the that? NFL podcast. We yeah. actually are dark this week. I think that's the first time in a few years we've done that. But we are back next week uh, after July Fourth. I'll be back in Los Angeles, and and we'll start spinning again and and start uh starting getting ready for this thing. I don't want to think about it too much yet. I'm going to enjoy my tennis and my relative time off. Yep, those are the things that I enjoy. At Greg Rosenthal <laughs> on Twitter is how you follow him, and I promise in the next couple of days there will be another episode of Courts of Thunder up wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate you, pal. Having a lot of fun doing this, man. Thank you for taking the time this morning. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. See you. Greg Rosenthal, NFL Network, NFL.com, of course, the Around the NFL show. And um, and courts of thunder. I know there was some rumblings about Lamar this week with Mike Garofolo. I, it, it. Look, I'm not trying to poo-poo it because in the world where like we just are obsessed with anything, anytime we see Lamar Jackson's name come up, 
I tell you something that you guys are wasting your time on. Caring about Lamar Jackson and whether he's on pro football focus as top 50 players. I didn't ask about that, do, though. Do not waste your time on that. Do not waste your time on some guy from pro football focus not having him uh, until 10th on his list of quarterbacks. I do that in my office. Who time. gives a rat's ass? I just got a pitchfork and torches. Yeah, right. It's, it's irrelevant. It's, it's actually less relevant than the Cedric Mullins conversation, which I already told you was irrelevant. And this is less than that. So What do you mean? Some subjective opinion about the top 50 players in the NFL? Yeah, thank you. Uh, very very subjective. That's exactly what it is. It's very subjective. Um, we've already had this. They use data, Glenn. Thank you. I, I don't really want to revisit the PFF thing. I don't. I, I'm not. I don't knock. I think that there's. They can't possibly quantify everything going on in a football there's game. There's something to be said for what they're doing, and the concept is not dissimilar to what actual coaches and scouts do. They proved – the biggest mistake they made was ever letting me know that their grades were happening live. And I get why they do that. They need the content to be generated very quickly. They want Monday to have content for everyone. Frankly, they want it on Sunday night. They want very qu- – it's the same reason why people do power rankings on Sunday night before the last game of the week has been played. Can you imagine doing power rankings? Oh, I mean, it's silly to do power rankings. I don't disagree Can with you that. Can you imagine if yeah. some, some guy yeah, some idiot, just put some idiot just put power rankings? rankings? Yeah. Make it very clear. <laughs> My power rankings are about the shtick that I do. If you think they're about where the teams are ranked, you clearly have not paid attention. Who gives a flying F where the teams are ranked? It's just an, an exercise in doing shtick. That's all that it is. Um, the point of all of this being... We we are we live in a content and when can we get our content out society? I used to do power rankings on Wednesday. Then someone here said, "Well, you know, everybody else gets theirs out on Tuesday, so like we need to get it out on Tuesday so we can get some of those clicks." Okay, we'll get it out on Tuesday. Glenn, being the company man, yeah, that I am he a, is. a big company man. So I literally have two sets of power rankings based on what the result of the Monday night football game might be. And then I just pick which one I send after we get a result of the Monday Night Football game. But the rest of the world said, "Well, we want to get a step ahead of that." And now you're so doing they it on started, Sunday night. They started. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. They started putting their power rankings out on Sunday night, Monday morning, when there's still a football game to be played. Nobody cares about Monday Night Football. That never. No one ever watches that. That's a good point, Kyle. Thank you for that. The the PFF thing is that. I, one there's blind spots everywhere like they can't possibly know they just can't i mean they don't they don't know exactly what it is that a team was doing in a certain situation i still don't know they the can exact see that that guy beat the guy in front of him on an offensive line defensive line battle they also don't um they don't they don't go back and watch all 22 they, they can't literally possibly they grade, know the they, impact lamar jackson truly has on an opposing defense 100% and frankly most of us know you can't grade every player as you're watching a game live because you can't see every player well, that's where i differ i can as see as you watch oh, thank you that's a great point Kyle. patrick stewart in extras i've seen everything and i i just being honest about it i don't know the qualifications of the people that are doing the grades and it's not knocking them i just I mean, don't 10 to 12 years of experience in an nfl front office is no, a prerequisite no not at all <laughs> Again, not knocking these people. They're they're probably quite smart. They're probably, but after I embraced it too much, then got more information, I realized, oh, I went too far, and I embraced it too much. And about five, four or five years ago, when, when did we start abandoning? It was about seven, four years six ago. Six years ago, probably. I mean, it was we. 
we were into it for the first season we were on. You had yeah. a Pro Bowl Focus guy after every right. Monday, blah, 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 and all that. Yeah, and for then... a season we started putting on the guy, whoever was grading yeah. the Ravens game every week. And then when I realized what was going on, I said, we can't do that. This is this is irresponsible. Like, that's not a thing. And so I've I've come to a comfortable place where I accept some of of relevance with PFF where I don't they are not bible hard to think you could get Someone's a really good rating as a player and not be at least a, a decent good football, football player, football player I, right yeah but. i mean but i've i've made it very clear whenever we go to PFF that they are not biblical in any way that is an opinion and it's a good you know decent opinion to have and you need more evidence when you're trying to figure out the quality of a football player PFF is not a biblical resource in any sort of way. Well, they do Bible, I think, rankings well, it, as well. Maybe, maybe they are a resource about the Bible. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you're right about that. That's you should a, see the I'm rating. I'm sorry. You I apologize. See the I don't, for, I don't know. Yeah. Job. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's killing it. It's really weird. Literally. I have not... I have not paid a lot of attention to what's going on with their uh, uh, Joshua in the Battle of Jericho. <laughs> I have not uh, really dove into that whatsoever. Dragging their feet on Exodus. They got it. They got to step up. <laughs> they got to step up their game, man. They got to step up their game. Um, so, so complaining about Lamar Jackson and where he is, not being a top fifty PFF player, wanking motion. Who cares? My God, this tell me I'm pretty thing. There are so many things you can do with your day. Learn how to make zucchini noodles. I don't really, I don't need those. They're good, actually. I enjoy. I just don't care about zucchini. zucchini. I'm not a big zucchini man. Okay, nobody's saying you have to be a big well, zucchini. You just tried man. to tell me I did. Well, you learn how to make zucchini. I don't, like, you I don't can. care about zucchini. I said it was an option. I prefer a whole wheat noodle. I'll give you a whole wheat noodle instead a of zucchini. Whole wheat noodles. noodles are fine, but zucchini noodles are definitely better for Ooh, you. Look at Glenn. There's I'm no so health conscious. My I, zucchini noodles. I my wife made them like them. two times, and she said it's too much work. I'm not doing it again. You need a, you need a said, pasta thing, don't you? Need one of those yeah, you need one of those things. Yeah. You stuff it in. She got she got one of those, but it's still it's. She's like it's way easier to just throw some noodles in a pot. Teach the kids. You know what? One day, one day, teach your your children well. Um, there's so many things you can do with your time. Listen to Courts of Thunder. Watch uh, your girl's in trouble. She's in trouble. Uh, watch Wimbledon. Watch the soccer today. What's she ranked now these days? Uh, she's had a good season. She's had a good season. The women's the women's side. It's the rankings are almost irrelevant, right? Like literally, the last Grand Slam was won by an unranked player. The difference right now between it, if it was a hardcore tournament, Naomi Osaka. Mm-hmm. Everywhere else, it does not matter. Hard court. Somebody hard. said hard core for a second. I was no, like, I definitely said hard court. It just sounded a little yeah. different. Well, I mean, we we in, we don't it, our our T's sound like D's. In, That's what she said. We. I'm not really sure how that works exactly, but we'll go with it. I'm I'm not opposed. We'll <laughs> we'll. Could be misconstrued. Yeah, it could I'm be not, construed in any number of I'm ways. I'm not really sure. It's up to you I was to trying to make I was trying to make it know? work, but I couldn't get there. Unfortunately, was not able to get there. Uh, somehow all of this was about Lamar Jackson's extension. I don't mm-hmm. know exactly. My point, stop, stop complaining about where Lamar Jackson is ranked on a PFF list. Who cares? Where Chris Sims ranks, ranks him on a quarterback list. Who gives a flying F? The, in the contract thing, I get it mattering, but you really have your answer on Lamar Jackson. Well, the sure. Ravens are giving him a contract. Yeah. What the I mean, no- anybody who thinks that right now the Ravens should not be extending Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, I mean, that's right. always been absurd. But 
any thought that there was once upon a time that the Ravens would push this and would say, you still need to prove something well, to us. There was still thought that maybe Lamar Jackson might want to prove and see that if, you know, because if he were to go and but that win a never, Super Bowl, that then... never really made a lot of sense. Because I mean, look, he was always going to get $150 plus million. Correct. The Ravens were always going to be paying him a significant amount of money, you know, there's this there's this small percentage chance if if he was holding out for the Patrick Mahomes deal and, that's the only and you could say I'm gonna go here. try to win a Super Bowl and then force my hand on a Patrick Mahomes deal I still think it's gonna be tricky for you to get a Patrick Mahomes deal. The no, Mahomes I don't necessarily I don't disagree, but you could be. It's just know, so out there. If in a world where in a world where right. Lamar Jackson throws for 4,500 passing yards and that's like a 70 percent completion percentage like that, that I would, would watch be, this film. It'd be a good one. That would be if even if they didn't win the Super Bowl, that would be. Added leverage. You know what I mean? But ultimately, he's got a lot of that already. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. 100%. That's, that's the re- And so it's going to get done at some point. There's some, you know, listening to Greg Rosenthal, the rumblings from Mike Garofolo, there's real reason to believe it gets done before the season begins. And if it does, bully. I mean, like... It, I love Lamar Jackson as the Ravens quarterback. I, Football I mean, but, is a lot I'm, more fun with Lamar Jackson but, as the Ravens quarterback. As I just said, it's irrelevant to me if it doesn't because it's not a thing where I'm, I think that means it's not going to get done. I hear you. Lamar, if he shows up, it means he's confident that, he, that the deal's going to get done at some point. And so if they all get together like and we're say— just the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the woman in a long relationship waiting to get proposed to. And we just want to know. But this is it goes. This is the tell me I'm pretty thing. That somehow yeah. this is going to make us. I don't. Ca- if Lamar Jackson doesn't get the contract before the season begins, it's not because I think there's any holdup in whether or not a contract's going to get done. It might very well be that ultimately they decide, hey, let's see exactly what the cap number is next year, so we can appropriately line up the money immediately. Let's just let's just do that. And if they all get together and say, yeah, that makes the most sense, we'll do that. We you know we we there's an amount of trust involved with everybody. We're well insured the whole deal. Then that's that's fine by me. It's fine by me for them to make that decision. The intelligent people seem to think it's more likely that they're not going to wait that long. And that was always the mo- the most likely scenario. Was once you were eligible to get a deal, and you were Lamar Jackson. You were going to want a deal. Why would you want to wait? Unless, for some reason, you looked at the math and you looked at the, you know, the landscape and said, there is the possibility that the first couple of years could have more money in them if we just wait a year to a better cap spot. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason. That's, that's the only reason why it would take any longer. So it's just not that big of a deal to me. When it when it happens, it's going to be this big, you know, blockbuster news, and the truth is nothing's really going to change. Well, Lamar Jackson will be richer. For him, a lot will change. That's fair. He'll be extraordinarily generationally wealthy. Mm-hmm. For everybody else, nothing's really going to change. Lamar Jackson was going to be the quarterback of this football team. Lamar Jackson was going to be taking up a lot of your salary cap. All of those things were going to be true. At that point, we'll just have a defined knowledge of what the number is. That will be the only thing we actually learn on the day the contract is announced, is what the defined number is. Which is interesting. But it's interesting, and it's certainly interesting if you're a capologist, but the idea that it's really going to make a difference to John and Essex walking around. I mean, in a around, sports business, sense, it's fascinating negotiation because of Lamar's it, Well, I mean, if I could sit in on the negotiations, right. that would be interesting, but I can't do that. Again, well, it's a similar. It's, it's a larger-scale comparison to Richard Sherman negotiating his own contract to an extent. I mean, there's really, it's hard to mess up the leverage Lamar has, right? Like, 
if he were to take a deal that was like a hundred million dollars over five years, he would be scrutinized. I mean, the union would be so pissed at him. Well, but we also don't know I who's know. involved. Like, even when we say he's very much involved, that doesn't mean we do know he has not hired an agent. But that doesn't, but that doesn't mean, mean he doesn't have advisors. Exactly I'm right. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have someone who is involved and giving him advice and and working this. I know there's a. I don't really want to. Boy, this is a, a terrible way to to make a transition. I'm gonna make a comparison, and I want to. Mm, God, Maybe it's just don't. Time. No, it's just a bad time to do it. Like the the fact that I don't want to mention the name Trevor Bauer for any reason, yeah. but the the agent that now is becoming far less popular because of her defense of Trevor Bauer. Her name is Rachel Luba, and her bit was, "I will basically work hourly instead of you giving me a percentage of what it is that you get in the contract. I will I will." You will pay me based on the amount of work like that I do. right? I don't think that was the rate. And and by the way, maybe he should have gone a different route in life. His contract maybe in, is fine. But yeah, let's in say life he might have, yeah. have should have gone a different route. Um, but the concept being, perhaps there's someone involved with Lamar Jackson that is of an agent capacity that just hasn't been hired to a typical agent deal. Mm-hmm. That's been told when you need me, when you want me to look over things, I am happy to look over them for you. I will not be officially representing you, but I will be involved in this in this in this way. But doesn't mean it couldn't be a sea change for athletes. I mean, it could be preferable for them to not have to give a percentage of their contract. But a lot of athletes of that, say, right? but the agents do so much more than just negotiate contracts not, in know, a lot of circumstances. I don't know if I believe that. There are a lot of agencies that it's more like they become almost concierge services on top of being your agent, mm-hmm. right? Like they're so involved in your life. Hey, what do you need? Where are you going to be? How can I help you? How can I take care of you when you're going to go do that? How can I help you make money otherwise? There, I, I, I think it will be tricky for athletes to completely abandon that, you know, that those relationships. But I also think there's a distinction between agents and, you know, uh, marketing rep. And I don't think marketing reps necessarily I, are expecting percentages of contracts. But I think I understand that. But I think more agencies are understanding. They're seeing how the, the, the world of, mm-hmm. of sports business is evolving. And they're saying we need to evolve with the industry and we need to do more things, different things. We need to offer different, better services, the whole deal. Room um, service. What's that? Room service. Yeah, rooms. Oh, by the way, they absolutely they want to. They call ahead. Make sure that you're taking care of the whole thing. Somehow, this is all about Lamar Jackson. And his kind. I don't know. I don't know what just happened here. Talk about the contracts and the agents. Sure, and all that. Something about that. Hey, today's show is also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. We'll get to uh, today's uh, finish. This next. The most logical company to have sponsored me when I was in college would have been blank. Get to your answers. Brian Barrio, athletic director at UMBC, is going to join us as well, coming up in the 11 a.m. hour. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. 
Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host Zach Goodman every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash the bat around or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. Nothing but net. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. We are just out of benevolence giving you the best night out you could ever ask for next Saturday night. Next Saturday evening, UFC 264. Now, you probably thought to yourself, oh, man, Conor McGregor's fighting. I want to check the fight out. I wonder if any of my buddies are going to get the fight. if If they're not, I guess I could could maybe run to a, a bar and you're finding out that everywhere is selling tickets ahead of time to come watch the fight. That's how much demand there is for this particular fight. So while I encourage you to get your tickets to watch the fight at Sports and Social, which is so phenomenal, my God. 
this place, man, uh, it's, it is the place to hang out. Sports and Social Maryland is Live Casino Hotel's amazing new sports bar with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. For tickets to UFC 264 at Sports and Social, go to livecasinohotel.com because seating is limited on July 10th. But two of you, and by proxy four of you, are not going to have to worry about that. Because you're going to go to pressboxonline.com slash contests, and you're going to enter to win one of two grand prize packages, each including two VIP recliner seats, along with a $150 food and drink tab for UFC 264. Might I encourage you getting a room at Live Casino and Hotel for the evening as you use your $150 food and drink tab? Just, just a, it's, it's me. It's Glenn Clark saying that. It's not them. It's me. Might make a good amount of sense. So you don't have to be the guy that that says, "Well, I need to finish up by a certain. I got to, I got to pound drinks until ten, and then sober up until two. Let's not do that. I encourage you to get a room, get an Uber, whatever it is that you're going to do. One hundred fifty dollar food and drink tab for UFC two sixty four, July tenth at the New Sports and Social Maryland in Live Casino and Hotel." Dustin Poirier taking on Conor McGregor. Again, pressboxonline.com slash contest. And there's no catch. Like, you don't have to fill out a quiz. All you got to do is go sign up, register to win, and you are in the hopper. Two of you will win these grand prize packages each for two people. You and someone else will be able to go. So a total of four of you will be headed down to Sports and Social Maryland for UFC 264 next Saturday night at Live Casino and Hotel. All right. Um, the question that I'm asking you right now in honor of uh, NIL legislation, let's have some fun today. The most logical company to have sponsored me when I was in college would have been what? Blank. Who? I have a, a more obvious answer. Ken Zalas brought it up already. Chick-fil-A would have been a very obvious answer for me. Both the colleges that I attended, UMBC served Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. There was a weird bit at a lot of colleges where the food court in the food court, not, but it wasn't a it wasn't like a mall Chick-fil-A. It was like literally just a like a hot stand where they would have Chick-fil-A sandwiches, Chick-fil-A nuggets, mm-hmm. and waffle fries. That was sort of how this. There was that, a venue though for this one that we had. Well, the, a lot of like you at, Mar- order, like, at I Maryland, would get the grilled chicken sandwich at Chick-fil-A. They definitely did not. Again, keep in mind this was. They had all the sauces. I understand that. They, this was the year two thousand one that mm-hmm. I'm talking about. This is before standalone Chick-fil-A's were, you know, particularly popular. And at you, I know Towson. It was still that way. I think even a decade later. I don't know if they ever changed and became like a full service. Uh, but basically, what would happen is there would be a local Chick Fil A that that day would be responsible for bringing over a boatload of food and putting it on this uh, heating tray this heating yeah, yeah. stand. Mm-hmm. And so the the selections were limited. It was Chick Fil A sandwiches. It was nuggets. It was waffle Heaven fries. Forbid, you know? Was it a limited select? Well, that was all we needed. Right, we were good. We were like, thank you. That's ex- and they had plenty of sauces. That was not a problem whatsoever. More sauces than Mike Francesa. 
Um, they were all available. But at Maryland, they had a standalone mall food court, Chick-fil-A, inside the student union. And I, I assume they still did. So Chick-fil-A is a great answer. My other one is far more embarrassing, but it is what it is. Um, if, if seltzers had been a thing in my day, I would have been a seltzer man. But so many of us in the year 2001 and 2002, before we turned 21, we were Mike's Hard Lemonade consumers. <laughs> Mike's Hard Lemonade absolutely would have been a logical sponsor of mine well, when I was 18 years old. Look at you. Of course, they probably couldn't have because I was 18 years old. But that's by the time I by the time I turned 21, I did become a cheap beer drinker. It was still a when I was in high school. It was, it was, it was not like you would have been made fun of. Um, probably. Well, but what were the alternatives at that point? I mean, natural light is the answer for See, anything. See, no, but that, I, did, I, 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 that's nah. You're, I mean, I'm you're, being you're overselling. You're am, overselling you, that. You, you're, you. I'm not saying that you weren't that way, but the notion that that if um that everyone was drinking beer is not true. That's you're that's that's a flat out lie. That's incorrect. not everyone was drinking beer when at they were 17 parties, years old. Parties. Look, the girls would bring their Smirnoff ices. Mm-hmm. And they're maybe Mike's hard and all that. They're flavored Smirnoff. Good God, that's so disgusting. Yeah, it was. It was not. Um, but no, like it was. Get a case. It was absolutely beer you would or have, bust. You would you would one hundred percent get a case for playing like flip cup. You would one hundred percent get a case for playing beer pong. Um, and then I think you're underestimating. Maybe it was just my friends. But maybe, maybe. We but were, I'm, I'm, I'm still thinking there's a bit of revisionist history. In you're there. incorrect. I have. Oh, there's a liquor. I could, I could throw a liquor out mm-hmm. there, and it's not a good. Oh, one. I mean, there was a lot of Malibu Burnett's. in my life. Oh, that's a weird bit. That's, that's a the cheapest. really weird bit. It was the cheapest out, and well, it was okay, they so, had a bunch of different So flavors. I'll give you that. There was regularly cheap vodka yeah. could be found regularly. So Burnett's was right. Correct. There flavored was regularly, bunch of different flavors, so kids would be like, ah, ha, 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 was, look at us. There was regularly cheap vodka that was that was happening at all they times. Did some weird but, colored ones that were just but absolutely there was vile. no there was no particular popular vodka at that point in my life. It was just whatever the cheapest vodka we could find was. See, Burnett's was the middle ground where it was cheap as hell and. They gave you enough variety where you convinced yourself you found yeah, one that tasted okay. Yeah, and was, it was awful. Was, absolutely was, awful. There was none of that. There was none of that. But natural but, light is. Well, yeah, and uh, that's come f- up. That's come up a lot. Right. And natural light, of Frankly, course, has come up a lot. I think it still gets a bad rep. No, it's a terrible beer. Don't. It just tastes like water. It's water mm. beer. It's water beer. It we, is, I mean, trust me. We use natural light for slip cup at my party because that's what I, that's what you use in it the is, hierarchy of cheap beer. I look. Maybe I would prefer Miller Lite or Bud Light. Well, Miller Lite is definitely a better beer than but Natural I Light. Was, There's no I debating. I legitimately that. favored Natural Light. I think that like. Keystone, disgusting. I'm not a Coors man. I'm not a Coors man. I think there's a weird app. Like it's just it tastes like this. If Miller Light was how you became a beer drinker, typically, like if you, as a young person, when you the gateway to becoming a beer drinker, mm-hmm. like someone who would not. It wasn't just drinking beer as part of playing games, but but socially drinking it, like sitting and holding a beer. Miller Lite was the gateway for that. As it a was natty person. for us, but we were also the first place that would allow us to purchase alcohol. I would not tell them who because I don't you know, all that. But they would sell 12 packs of Natty Bow mm-hmm. for $6.96 okay. after tax. So we would stock God, up on God those bless puppies, you. you know. God bless you. Um, Nat, I mean, we, this is the, the the part that's very awkward. It's a no, terrible it's beer. Good. It's, it's a terrible. It's a truly terrible beer. I kind of have grown to kind of enjoy it in there, a way. Uh, d- yeah. It's now a beer that it's my yeah. cheap beer of choice. P- now. People that want to do it for the culture, God love you. It's, it's a terrible that. beer. Look, if it's if it's not skunked, which a lot of it is, 
it's odd how often you find a skunk natty bow. It's mm-hmm. disappointing. But when it's not skunked and it's out of a can, it's not all that bad. Of course. Of course. The moment a natty bow wants to be a sponsor, oh, yeah. it is a delicious. I, look, I like it. I genuinely do like it. It's it's in a way that like and the nostalgia is absolutely part of it, but like it's our you're not a king of the hill guy, but it's our Alamo, right? Like yeah, I'm familiar. It's I'm just familiar. it's it's omnipresent. But Natty Light was and still remains. Like I I am I could slug those puppies for hours. And I'll pee a lot, but it never it never tasted bad to me. Uh the responses that are coming in from Eric Aleve. That's a great answer, Eric. It's a tremendous answer. And I don't think however Aleve was I think that was too high end for me. It was Get the store brand ibuprofen, whatever the the cheapest thing that you could get a giant bottle of, and then continue to use it. I've still uh, not been caught by the hangover boogeyman. Uh, okay, I mean it's coming. I assure you, it's coming. If you keep drinking, it's going to come. Um, the other option that I I could have, I, and nobody's brought it up, but for m- people my age, one hundred percent, no dose, no dose that? was. That was the caffeine pill that would keep you awake. Oh gosh, what Fort Loco? That was that was a trip. Uh, that was that was something. I was alive during the that, golden um, age. God bless the fact that that was not a thing for me in my life. That I had passed. But I think they kind Fort of had Loco, phased it out. Like it became illegal. <laughs> yep. When I was probably like a sophomore in college. But we uh, we capitalized on the early early goings of it. Tony says Sega. Um, I'm guessing Tony's a, maybe a little bit older than I am. I had a Dreamcast when I was younger. I mean, I think a lot of people had Dreamcasts, but they were not. What the hell of a system that but, was. But it was. I agree that it was a good system, but it was not nearly as popular no, as it the just other didn't systems. Didn't get the. Yes. You know. I love. There was a tennis game for Sega that me and my bu- for Dreamcast, that a buddy of mine and I used to play all the time. Uh, Andy throws in Nintendo as well as Chipotle and Chipotle is the other one. For Natty me. Light. Chipotle is the other one for me where I would legitimately, sometimes multiple times, but at least once a week. I would buy Chipotle. And, you know, as a college kid, it that's was not, exactly not the, unfortunately for me, it was not as prevalent. Oh, it I was, get that. Chipotle did not really pop up commonly until the mid 2000s uh, by the time I had already finished up my time in college. I so used to it was say, not a thing for me. I used to say with complete confidence and sincerity that if I could only eat one thing for every meal for mm-hmm. the rest of my life, that it would have been Chipotle. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't feel that way now. Yeah, I don't I feel that way now. I but it used to be the answer, and I used to genuinely mean it. Um, Andrew uh, brings up Keystone. A lot of people bringing up Keystone. Oh, no thanks. It's yep, just, that, that's I'm, like, that's like the throwaway cores. That's I'm what they you. didn't like, and they were like, this isn't good enough for the cores camp. I used you. I one time in high school, I mean in college, no, I uh, drank five cores Light. Now, as some reference, that's not very much. No. Threw up just with the taste alone. No, I mean, it doesn't. I never interested me in any way. Coors Light was never something I wanted to consume. It, not even a little bit. Um, uh, Craig, toss up between a hamburger helper and rice aroni. Okay, Craig, I see you. So I appreciate the like the struggle meal concept, right. but I don't think I, Easy Mac was I don't, more prevalent I don't, probably in my well, life. And that's the thing. Easy Mac has come up a few times on this list and is a very good answer, but. The, the weird part about it to me is when I associate it with college, Ooh, I, got an answer. I, I, I would associate that more with later years, like in the early years of college, which is what I think the when you answer this question, it really is about your early years of college, because once you've moved, once you're living off campus, it's it's not exactly like college anymore. It's some other thing. I don't know what to call it exactly. It then. is, but it is. You know, it's, it is it's not, it's not, not the same thing. Yeah. It's not the same thing. In the early years, you're you're going to the dining hall, like that's where you're going, or the food court on campus so much. So I don't associate. I associate them more with like end of college, beginning of being poor, 
and and like youth of my adulthood, the my young adult years, than I do with necessarily college. I got an answer. Yeah, sleeper pick because you know never going to be a meal alone unless you're. Well, I used to take shots with sometimes, but um, crystal hot sauce. Okay, man. Still I, love it. I don't specifically associate that, like any hot sauce, with a time in my life. Like I just have well, always it's a enjoyed. preference. You have a preference of a hot sauce. I, and that was my preference of hot sauce. I understand. And I used that. hot sauce in a lot of things. I understand. It's just not unique to college for me. Okay. You know what I mean? Just like, telling you what I was doing. Okay. That's just how my life was back then. It's a terrible answer. Oh, you're a terrible uh, answer. Uh, Troy says, "Glory days, grill." Troy, I appreciate that, but you don't. There's no. There's no prize at stake today. <laughs> So you don't just have to kiss up to the sponsors, but I do love Glory Days Grill. Don't get me wrong, love them. Maybe it's a good chance. Speaking to talk of about which, that. yes, Glory Days Grill. I would encourage you this weekend is you're uh, enjoying some time with your family. Maybe make a stop over at Glory Days Grill. Like if you're going somewhere for a parade or watch the fireworks, maybe poke into your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Truly encourage you to try the buffalo cauliflower. It's outstanding. The smothered chicken, so good. Great food, your neighbor. Great food, good sports, all available at your neighborhood. Glory Days Grill, glorydaysgrill.com. Uh, from uh, Parth. Ooh. Parth? Hi, Parth. Uh, toss up between. Oh no, that uh, no. He was Village Trattoria and or Chick Fil A. Ooh, actually, I have another one. Yes. Capriati's, Delaware uh, staple. It's it's a D, it's a DC staple. It's a it's Delaware staple primarily. I, it's now they have they have locations in DC now, and there's a ghost kitchen in Baltimore that have absolutely butchered it. Like it's by so the way, bad. apparently uh, old guy Fiery's doing something out of the Bertucci's that Ron likes to get kicked out of. That's fun. Apparently, like he's do, like you can order off this secret guy Fiery menu and pick it up at Bertucci's. Ghost kitchens are odd, but yeah. the Capriati's one does not do it anywhere close to justice in Baltimore. I had it one time and was absolutely. You have angry. the, the the turkey did you have the thing? No, the bobby is my it's it was yeah. it's one of the best subs when it's done right I, I mean i love thanksgiving leftover sandwiches and it captures everything that you feel the day after thanksgiving when you're putting together your beautiful sandwich and you know it's delectable by the way the other sandwiches are great too the turkey with the coleslaw the pastrami with the coleslaw all of it's great but jim jim makes a jim makes a better argument than i want to give credit for because i think that we we conflate what we want to be Jim says the real answer is McDonald's, and that's probably true. Most people in college are not yet snobs in their fast food. Like I still enjoy McDonald's from time to time. Uh, I like that makes one of us. I'm like I have. It's a. It's not even just nostalgia. Like I enjoy a McDouble with Mac sauce on it. I have not. But, I have not consumed a single McDonald's product in 20 years. But um, I didn't. I didn't. F- go all that much in college i mean every now and again of course late night you go to mcdonald's but it wasn't a you know constant i think i think it's it's a far more common thing than we want to admit no, i think that that for a lot of people definitely yeah jake cc's I, we didn't have a cc's near us in college so it wouldn't be the call paul brings up miller i as college went along i did become a miller like that was my my freshman roommate matt signs from the soccer team he was from texas he hated the fact that I wasn't a beer drinker. He hated the fact that I enjoyed the uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade or a yeah, or a cheap vodka or something. So he, his like goal for the year was to convert me to a Miller drinker, and he couldn't do it. Like I would, I would enjoy them, and a couple years later, I was a full on Miller Light guy. Insane how Miller Light is good, but I don't think there's a worse beer out than Miller High Life. No, I disagree with that. Miller High Life has its place. No, Completely disagree with I that. Can't. Stand. I legitimately, um, I legitimately in my life have said I will not drink because Miller High Life is the only thing available. Uh, John brings up Easy Mac. Ivan Turkey Hill ice cream. Oh, and, and like Turkey Hill made those sweet teas and things like that. I'm sure they were quite prevalent at the time. Uh, it was more high school for me for Fruitopia, but that would have been a good answer at a certain time. Stuff. 
Paul from Ovilando, Taco Bell or Starter. Um, he's going back to the early 90s. And so, yes, I mean, like we all, no matter how old we were, were quite involved with Starter. So if you were in college at that point, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Kyle Andrews, who's up in Pennsylvania now, says Mission Barbecue. We That did not come along, obviously, until far later in my mm-hmm. life. Uh, uh, my buddy Patrick Shuck brings up Bill Bateman's, which, again, would have been, if you went to Towson, if you went to Towson, Bill Bateman's was a ubiquitous part of your life. Sure. There is no debate about that. Well, I'm I, surprised nobody said DP dough yet. I, um, yeah, sure, to some extent. Um, I, it was never my cup of tea, but they had one in Delaware. Yeah, but yeah. it was, you know, understandable. I, you know. I, and Cluck U in College Park was, mm-hmm. Cluck U was everything. Cluck U in Towson. Cluck U, and they did have one in Towson, yes. Um, in College Park, however, it was a way of life. Is it still there like, in College Park? Mm, There's one I location, I think, still somewhere. I, I don't think that it... There's I, some loca- There's a like location in Maryland um, still. But if you went to Towson, 100%, because Bateman's was literally on campus, I mean, on campus... You were there regularly, so that Odinton. makes all the sense in the world. I and there's one in Lanham, and there's still one in College Park, apparently. Are you sure? It says College Park. It says corporate, maybe. Yeah, I don't think that there... Maybe there's the corporate office I think there. I think there was like a fire at one point. There That became an issue. It's been a long time for me. Um, Paul would like to throw Oakley on the list as well. He spent a lot of money on Oakley's when he was in college. I was a Folkley man myself. One, I will openly admit that. I could not afford... Oakley's when I was in college, so I was regularly wearing Folkley's. Um, uh, Sierra said, I guess she went to college in North Carolina because she says cookout. It would have been nice for us yeah, to right. have had a cookout around here, but not an option I for us. I loved above a Little Caesars for a little while. Um, I, but, but like. The wings are all right. The garlic parm. They? The garlic palm. You know, it's I more about the garlic so. palm sauce. And the uh, cheesy bread. The cheesy bread was actually quite delectable. I don't know where this means that Josh went to college because he says Rudder's Gas Station. I know they're a bit more popular in Pennsylvania and I think even like Delaware and New Jersey. So I don't know what that means that you must have gone to college. There is there, like there are a couple Rudders in this area, but I I don't know, Kyle. I got to be honest with you. I have no idea. Um, uh, Colin, I don't know this establishment. It's called Real Chill. Oh, it's not an establishment. It's a product. It's just called Real Chili, which I guess he made a lot of. All right, I get it. Um, this is clearly somewhat, uh, it's a great call. Uh, Joe brings up in College Park for me, it was Glory Days, 100%. Spent a lot of time, not Glory Days. Sorry, that's the, um, uh, my God. My brain's not functioning. I presume he told you what it yeah, was. Yeah, he did. And I, well, I, but I only thought of it because this guy brought up Real Chili. Hard times. Thank you. Jesus Christ. A little different. Yes. Hard times is a place to go for chili in College Park, and it was the jam. Uh, from um, Daddy M. Love it. Whatever you're into, man, uh, says Domino's. Yes, probably a great answer a for a lot, of, college. a lot of people. Another answer from Milwaukee's Best. Yes, sure. Yes. It was not my go-to. Uh, my go-to was Natty, as we already talked about, but I get it. Uh, my buddy Tim Horsey, Jimmy John's. We did not. I was um, exposed. It was actually, I first was, exposed to it in Michigan. A little. It was a little bit behind me. They didn't um, make it the down prevalence from, of Jimmy John's. to Maryland or Delaware by the time I was yep. there. But in yep. Michigan, it was first I saw it. It was pretty tasty. A little you know? behind me, but I think it's a good answer because mm-hmm. it's a it's a fine establishment. Yeah. Uh, Ian Bacardi. We were not Bacardi. We were not Bacardi Limon was all right, but you we know were, I wasn't it buying was, it. it was I was buying cheap stuff. Maybe. After me. Uh, Barstool Banks says Boston Market. Really? I That's mean, there was. I know he went to Maryland, and there was a Boston Market in the same shopping center as the Wawa. I would just be more inclined. If I'm going to get a rotisserie chicken. I'll just go to a grocery store. You know. Um, I hear you, but like, I, there were there wasn't really a grocery like a, a full on grocery store to walk to. 
the the Boston Market in College Park, mm-hmm. there was this little shopping center, and it had um, a Domino's, it had a Boston Market, and it was the Wawa was insane. Yeah. When the Wawa was right off campus, they fi- they eventually moved it to like the other side of ninety five, which is insane. Um, but when it was right off campus, and it was right across the street from Cornerstone and Bentley's, there would be a line. This is pre touch screens, yeah. right? Like there would be a line at Wawa at 2.30 in the morning where it might be an hour and a half oh, no, before you. you were going to get your sandwich. I mean, it was insane. Wawa I ate a lot of wings from... Uh, I, as we know, I'm a Royal Farms man sure. myself, but in college, the location of the Wawa made it uh, the place. I ate a lot of wings from Claymont Cheesesteak. Okay. I'm not familiar with it, but... Uh, Those uh, but sure. red pepper, red chili pepper, red, you know, the sweet, sweet chili, sweet red chili pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that, that was my like, go-to. Uh, sounds, it's, it's a good one. Uh, uh, Krabby, don't sorry, Krabby. Uh, brings up Quiznos. I, I, not in college for me. Like I, I enjoyed a Quiznos uh, uh, quite a few times. Good, yeah. It was a fine chain sandwich. Yeah, in fact, there was one in Owings Mills, and when I was on the Ravens beat, I would pop in there on yeah, very tasty subs on days where I ended the pepper up, bar. You know? Oh, I love the pepper bar. Oh, it was like getting an extra side. Mm-hmm. You would get your sub, your your salsa, your maybe. chips, and then you would get literally like mm-hmm. another side dish worth of peppers. From, um, and they also had Sobies. Sobies were always fun. Remember that? I don't know Sobies. They're drinks. You do know. S O B E. Oh, oh, I do know. Yeah, that was not I, not a thing for me in my life. And They're it, tasty. I, did, I never did a th- anything for me. Uh, Brian, the Cliff Note Publishing Company. Great answer. <laughs> Great answer, Brian. No doubt about that. TI 83. I don't remember that being a big thing in college. Oh, let's just say you could write your own programs. Well, I, I mean, but I remember that being a big deal in high school. I don't remember that being a big deal. Do in you college. know what I mean when I say yes, that? Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm very familiar. I just don't remember it being a big deal in college. You didn't do it right, though. Um, if you say so. Ah, this is someone speaking my language, Chris uh, Napster. Oh my God, one thousand percent. Napster was. Uh, like it changed our world. I was more of a LimeWire man back I, in. Kazaa, the they all became a lot. But Napster lined up with me, mm-hmm. and when I was first in college, and the idea that you could now have any music and you could burn it all to a CD, we started charging friends from high school that were still at home, like send me ten bucks, and I'll burn all of your favorite songs on a CD and send it back to you. Like it was the greatest racket that was ever known in the history of man. Uh, and Paul says, I worked at White Marsh Mall when I was in college, so at the time I probably would have accepted a sponsored deal from some of the food court places like Bull on the Beach or Boardwalk Fries. Where did you go to college then, Paul? I guess you must have gone to Towson. I guess that's the answer. I don't know where else you could have gone. Maybe maybe UMBC. I don't know where else you could have gone when you were working at White Village Marsh Mall. Village Julie. Yeah, I mean, maybe. You know, like you could have been going to... It was for a while, though. Uh, it was... Probably when he was in college, it was. Yeah, Paul probably... I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know the exact year. I don't know the exact year that Villa Julie became a, a, an open campus. Of course, campus. that is now Stevenson. Yes, correct. Or I guess Goucher would have been an option, too, that you could have been working at White Marsh Mall. There are some options there. All right, continue to get me your responses. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We'll keep talking about it. We're having fun with that. Who would have been the logical company to sponsor you when you were in college? If you missed it last night, Stan the Fan and Gary Stein caught up with Drew Forrester. He is a professional golf. No, he's an amateur golfer. Um, but yeah, Drew went on with those guys to talk about his preparation for the U.S. Senior Open. You can find that right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Click on the videos tab or go to pressboxonline.com and check it out there. Stan's shows, as always, brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. 
When we come back in, UMBC Athletic Director Brian Barrio joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to C3America.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit and after they install your new windows they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down, make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. Tweet us Glenn Clark Radio, 21st Century Talk Radio at glennclarkradio.com. All right, back in here on GCR from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. Training camp is coming up, and there's going to be a return to training camp party at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It's going to benefit Casey Cares. Our friends at Great Eights Memorabilia are putting it together, and the host for the party is none other than Tyus Bowser. And if you want to be there for it and meet uh, Tyus Bowser coming off his best pro season, 
What you need to do right now is go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight in GreatEightsMemorabilia.com and get your tickets while you're there. You can also find out more about the Purple Takeover that's happening at the State Fair and you can find out more if you're a pro wrestling fan about an evening with Danhausen as well as Baltimore Celeb Fest 2. That's all coming up. More information available. GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Had to do this a little bit earlier because of his schedule, but you know we're having some fun with this NIL conversation this morning. Let's learn more about it and what it means on a college campus. UMBC Athletic Director Brian Barrio with us here on GCR. Well, indeed, this week, NIL has been approved by the NCAA. No longer an issue that Maryland is going to have to address in a couple of years. It has come to all of college athletics. Do you want us now to tell us a little bit more about what that means at on his campus? He is the athletic director at UMBC. He is Brian Barry, and he's with us now here on GCR. Brian, it's Glenn. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Uh, Brian, I, I'm going to ask the dumbest question I'll ever ask. So what does this mean for you exactly? <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, we've spent a lot of time thinking about that. <laughs> Can you, um, can you explain, I, I'm assuming you guys were not fully caught off guard by this, knowing it was going to come to Maryland no matter what, and sort of assuming the NCAA was going to try to get ahead of it. I'm guessing this is something that you guys were at least largely prepared for. You know, we, we here at UMBC contracted about six months ago with, a, uh, with an outside firm to help educate us and our student-athletes on the implications um, of NIL reform, and, you know, particularly to educate our student-athletes on opportunities and valuation and all that kind of stuff. So we were a little bit ahead of the game vis-a-vis some of our uh, peers, but the way the NCAA handled this at the end was, um, I don't know what the right word, there's probably an adjective for it, but I shouldn't <laughs> say it on air. Um, less, than but, I- uh, less than ideal is what you Suboptimal, <laughs> let's say. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, it was, you know, so, so really out of the blue on Monday, um, we, we got, you know, this, this statement of guidelines from the NCAA that said, essentially, it's all on you, schools. Right. Um, which is fine. I mean, I think at the end of the day, the, the horse was out of the barn anyway with, with the passage of these state regulations and the patchwork of different legislation across the country. So there was no way the NCAA was going to be able to enforce its existing rules across the board in the face of all those laws. So we kind of had a sense this was where it was going to land, whether they wanted it to or not. Um, you know, we're meeting with all our student athletes today to go over with them, you know, the change and kind of what their opportunities look like and how to help them. Um, as far as I'm concerned, this is about 15 years overdue. Sure. Um, you know, there's some really simple, everybody's talking uh, out in the greater you know, world about, well, this is great. The students can have endorsements and yada, yada, yada. You know, for a school like UMBC, what it really means is, you know, our swim team, you know, members of our swim team can advertise swim lessons at home and make some money over the summer. Sure, sure. Um, simple stuff that they should have been able to do 15 years ago and that they've been, you know, held back by NCAA rules. So if you're a, if you're a pitcher on our baseball team and now you can teach private lessons and make some money, great. Um, you know, if you can use your social media following to, you know, just, just get some free stuff or get some, you know, a little bit of compensation to help support local businesses, great. Um, and to me, that stuff's all extremely healthy and things that any college student in 2021 expects to be able to do. So, Brian, if we and, and I'm in agreement with you that this was long overdue. So if we accept this is something that, that we wanted. And so I want to make that very clear before I ask this question, because people like to um, uh, picket certain sound bites or, or quotes on Twitter and ignore the rest of the topic. 
that, that you're glad this is happening, you're in favor of it. What concerns do you have about NIL, and what do you need to address now moving forward as a school and with your athletes? I mean, again, it's a net positive. There's no question. It's also just the right thing to do. I'll just repeat that again. No, I think but, it's I, – because I, I, I understand. I, I want to ask this question, yeah. but people are – are, are willing to grab something and say, well, this means that you're fighting against it. No, no, no. Very clear. For it, but right. that doesn't change the right. reality. So, <laughs> I'll preface this by saying I can't wait to see this in a little clip on Twitter tomorrow. But, um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, it's certainly going to create, it certainly could create some challenges in locker rooms when you have certain students who are, you know, they're ahead of others in monetizing their NLI or, you know, it could become a, another layer of, the chemistry issue in a locker room when somebody's not playing who has a has more of a social media following i i think that's a much much bigger issue at ohio state or usc or texas than it is here for mm-hmm. us um because again i think where our student athletes are really going to be able to monetize their name image and likeness is just in uh kind of marketing their expertise in the sport as coaches or teachers um as opposed to like really having endorsement value and I think this, the other area where they're really going to be, you know, we have some student athletes who have really significant um, social media followings. And, you know, everybody under 25 knows how to monetize that now. So, you know, I, I think that's more for where it's going to be for us. So I, so, but I do think there's, there's that issue of, boy, this is another layer of things we've got to deal with in the locker room. But that's just, just what it is, you know. And it's, it's like any, any of the other challenges we deal with with playing time or um, the attention folks get or whatever else it is. It's just another. It's it's not it's not different. It's just new. He is Brian Barrio, athletic director at UMBC. He's with us on Glenn Clark Radio. Is there anything from a compliance standpoint that that is now like did did somebody's job just get like really more difficult over the course of the last forty eight hours in your department? Yeah, I'll give a little shout out to Whitney Ames, our um, our compliance officer here, who's um, worked very hard to stay in front of this, and then essentially had all her work get ripped up because the NCAA abdicated on it. So she um, has done a great job trying to keep our students educated and keep us educated. Um, and now is trying to build a structure so that students can kind of report what they're doing to us so we can just keep track of it. You know, and, and we talked, you know, I talked about it with her today. The reason we want to keep track of it is really so that we can help make sure that they're maximizing their value, you know, more so than really any compliance issue. I, I, you know, I think the NCAA is going to have a heck of a time enforcing any amateurism requirements at this point moving forward. I mean, they can draw some, they can try and draw some sharp lines on this, but I think the reality is the it's going to be really hard to enforce any of that stuff moving forward. And and when they do try to enforce something that's still on the books, we're going to be in court again. Hmm. So, hmm. Uh, you know, I, my sense is that it's going to be less of a compliance thing and more of a just helping these kids manage another layer of complexity in their in their career. It's it's fascinating, right? It's fascinating what you're talking about. Are are there any specifically to that, right? Like I still feel like there's a an amount of, hey, you know, you can you can accept um you can accept money for your name, image, and likeness, but you can't accept it from from these people. Are there any rules that you all know at UMBC you're going to put in place for athletes related to NIL? Yeah, I mean, we're we're going to educate them on. I so I I just poo pooed those bright lines, and now I'm going to say we're. I mean, we're going to educate the student athletes on it and encourage them to do the right thing here. Um, but I think they're really, it, it, practically speaking, there's just not a lot of limitations on what they can do with this. And I know, you know, we really can't we can't connect them directly with commercial opportunities. That's right. Um, 
that seems clearly to still be out of bounds. And so we, we'll make sure with our staff that we're not doing that. But short of that, I mean, even if, a, even if one of our donors were to reach out to one of our student athletes and say, hey, I want to pay you to endorse my hardware store or whatever it is, I, there, there's no mechanism to stop them from doing that. Anymore. Sure. So, I, you know, I just, I just think it's really more – we're really coming at this more from a trying to let them know what they can do than, than give them a bunch of um, don'ts because I, I just really – practically speaking, don't think there are very many don'ts left. I mean, I'm assuming like there are still rules, you know, like, like, uh, advertising alcohol, you have to be a certain age, something like that. There are still rules that are in play that, that maybe go beyond UMBC. Yeah. And I, and I would think that comes in, you know, that's really, um, from a structural standpoint, that's more a, a, a rule or regulation that the company's going to have to follow. Not right. the student athlete is. Right. So like you, you talk about, um, controversial, uh, and alcohol is a good example. You could think of a hundred others, right? Controversial types of products that they may be asked to promote on their social media. My message to the student athletes is I cannot and will not tell you not to do any of that. Mm-hmm. What I will tell you is you've spent your whole life building your reputation and one bad decision on social media can destroy it. That's fair. So make, make good decisions in terms of who you align yourself with. Make sure it's not simply about money that it's about or products that, that it's about you know, what you really believe in, because you're going to wear this for the rest of your life. I mean, I, I completely understand. It's it's probably advice that goes far beyond NIL. <laughs> Just, you know. Absolutely. Like, I mean, it's the same thing we tell them about social media all in the general, time. In general, yeah. But now you're in a spot where you may get approached by the local, you know, you may get approached. I mean, it could be the alcohol. It could be a strip club. It could be a, a marijuana um, uh, distributor. You know, so, so sure, you can take those. But the question is, do you want your employer or your grandma or whoever else is seeing that to see it and know that it's going to stay up there forever? So, you know, we're, we're more coming at it from a place of trying to encourage them to make good decisions about their reputation. Which, by the way, and the answer might be yes, right? Like, that there's still the option. No, absolutely. Of, yeah, I, that, right? like, that's, that's right. I mean, it may yeah. be something they really believe in and they want to fight sure, for. And sure. You know what? I'm, I'm not here to stand in their way on that. I, I just want them to make sure they're, you know, it, it's you said it before, it's bigger than NIL. This yep. is just about accepting the consequences of all of our actions and, I think that's and smart. making sure you know what you're getting into. I think it's very, very smart. All right, uh, Brian Barrier, we have not had a chance to chat with you since uh, you hired your basketball coach, and yeah. um, that, that was pretty impressive. Uh, I know, obviously, look, Ryan Odom, everybody in town loves Ryan Odom. We will miss Ryan Odom, but um, how, did, how did this happen? How did you manage to go out and get someone to say, I know I'm a Big Ten coach, but uh, I'll, I'll, I'll come coach at UMBC. That sounds like the right spot for me. Well, it's really fun. I mean, first of all, I'm, I'm, I can't say enough good things about Ryan, and I, and I always will. And, and certainly he'll be connected with UMBC wherever he goes for the rest of his career for, yeah. for what happened here in 2018. So that's, um, that's always going to be a positive. And it was a super positive um, parting. You know, I'm, I'm happy for him and, and wishing him the best. But I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Jim Ferry fan, um, have loved working with him so far. Um, he's somebody that I was watching. You know, I knew Ryan was a um, kind of a – a valued commodity in the coaching world for, for since I got here. So sure. I've been, you know, I had done my homework a year in advance and, and really Jim was on my very short list and, you know, he's impressed me with everything he's done. He's impressed me with the staff he's hired, his energy, all that stuff. And, and obviously his experience. And I'm, I'm incredibly excited about what these guys are going to do here. Um, it's the guys they've brought in, um, you know, in this brief recruiting period have been impressive and, and the right kind of kids for UMBC and the right kind of guys that you want to build around. Um, the guys who have come back, you know, we've a lot of our team from last year has come back. 
those guys are bought in and they're excited. You know, I think they're out to prove something too, that, you know, this, this whole thing wasn't just Ryan, like we, we built this too. And so there's, you know, there's a great energy around the program and we're, we're really pumped. And I, one of the things that I, I hope everybody knows about Jim Ferry when you watch his teams play basketball is that they get up and down and, and play a really exciting brand of basketball that I'm, I'm thrilled to, to share with our, our fans and our alums. Can, can I follow up just how important was it for you, you know, those things that you alluded to about the players, how important was that for you in making this hire that it was kind of a statement of this is what we think, this is where we believe we are as a program now. We're not content to just, you know, hire somebody, be a nice, you know, uh, middle of the road. That We, we want to make a statement with a hire that this is what we believe we are as a basketball program. There's no doubt. And I, I said it before I, you know, before I started the search, when I announced that we were searching, um, this, this program is in a different spot than it was five years ago. You know, we have a, a $90 million arena on campus that just got a, a nice naming rights partner. Um, we've got the name recognition that came with that win. Um, we, we started to really build a legacy here and we weren't going to go back to hiring an assistant coach or somebody who had never been a head coach. We didn't have to do that. You know, when, there's times when you're just in that spot as a program that you have to take a chance. We were fortunate to be in a spot where we didn't have to take a chance on somebody like that. We were able to go out and uh, really kind of get a proven commodity and somebody that, you know, like I said, I'm really excited to see uh, work here. All right. Uh, the In the meantime, uh, having a fall that will be normal. We just had uh, John Bell on the show the other day. Uh, of course, UMBC soccer alum who's now uh, killing it with New England yes. Revolution. Um, that was awesome. I, I saw that. Uh, and a great dude. Really happy for him. And, and how much that means, obviously, to Pete and to that program to have a player they can turn to. Hey, hey look at what this guy's doing. You want to be the next John Bell? It's obviously a very big deal. But um, for a step beyond that, just I, can we assume, you know, everything is normal this fall? Can we assume that, like, it, you know, I guess what that means to you to know that we don't have to talk about some of the things that we've had to talk about in the past when we get back to sports? Do you know how fall? happy I am to be on to be on the radio yeah. with you talking about sports and not about viruses? Oh, no doubt, man. Um, it, my whole first, you know, my first 10 months here, all we talked about was uh, testing and viruses and all that stuff. And it's, it's, it just feels so darn good, it, you know, in our corner of the world, just like everywhere else that we're starting to put this thing in the rearview mirror and really, you know, start to get back to the core of what we do. So I'm excited for our kids. They had such a, such a tough year last year. Um, you know, going through a year on campus where they were like locked down the whole time, wearing masks, getting tested all the time, um, staying in small groups. Like now they can come back and really get back to being college students and athletes. And uh, I am most excited to see our building filled with fans again. No doubt. No doubt, man. No doubt. Uh, and never having these types of conversations again. Ever again. Ever. Ever. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, Brian Barrio, really appreciate you taking the time for us. Can, can we plug anything for you guys? Um, you know, I, I know you're on Twitter. I don't know if there's something that we can they plug that, that people should be following I, right I now. I am. Uh, I'm, I'm at UMBC underscore AD. Um, I try to be pretty active on Twitter, but... I, you know, the big thing, we obviously have a huge social media following for our UMBC Twitter account. Um, the biggest thing for me is, man, come out come out this year and, and take advantage of uh, seeing some games in the fall now that we can be back together. And, and certainly when we get to basketball season, come out and see our beautiful new Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Yeah, that's a not, not, a, bad, not a bad thing either, picking up the naming rights, uh, getting that taken care of. And, and we're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio, so we got some, there's some. Uh, oh, beautiful. Correct. We're, yeah, we're, we're exactly right. I love that. Brian, really appreciate taking the time for us this morning, man. Uh, best of luck. We'll talk again as we get towards the fall, all right? 
Sounds good. My pleasure. Take care. Brian Barrio, UMBC Athletic Director with us here on GCR, and it was pretty candid. You know, this is there aren't really a lot of rules here. And what he was talking about, you know, hey, we're not allowed to directly, you know, Jim Ferry, the basketball coach, can't say, hey, if you come to UMBC, we're going to get you an NIL deal with the Holiday Inn, whatever it is that, that spends money uh, with UMBC. The right? Inn, yeah. Thank you. Exactly right. Um, probably a song that doesn't mean quite as much to. Uh, it was a jam, though. It was a hell of a jam. Nobody is arguing with that. What you doing? Um, anyway, so so he can't do that. That's the rule, right? But if the Holiday Inn on their own reaches out and says, we we want to make you a, a, a client of ours or whatever that would look like, you do some social media posts for us, we'll, we'll pay you, we'll give your parents free rooms when they want to come in and watch you play. We'll bring Chingy to your house. You bring Chingy out and, and we'll have him uh, play a show in your backyard on the 4th of July. Whatever it is. And that, I think, is going to become an issue because it's going to be the next thing that people, like, why, the schools are going to say, well, why can't we? Why, why, why can't we go ahead and arrange that deal? And there'll be a fight about that, and some people will get in trouble for it. And in five, ten years, whenever it is, everybody's going to realize it doesn't really make any sense that the schools can't put these deals together themselves. Facilitate. Facilitate them, sure. Why not? What What is the reason for that? And somebody's going to say, well, it's a, it's a competitive disadvantage. The schools that have more sponsors will be able to... The entire concept of college athletics is a competitive disadvantage. The, the University of North Carolina is in a different place than the UMBC is. And nobody said, well, we should stop playing college athletics because of that. So right now, the schools cannot facilitate the deals themselves. But that's going to happen. That's going to occur. Coaches are going to say, if I can get a, a car dealership in town that is reliable and I can use that as a recruiting edge and say, if you sign here, this place is going to be willing to give you money. They're going to take advantage of that. It's going to occur. Newsflash. They will always look to get an edge. So that'll end up, you know, a couple coaches will get in trouble for it. There's been a lot of people that have brought up, like, Obviously, the Reggie Bush thing is the loudest thing right now, like the absurdity of it, but the absurdity of the Jim Trestle thing. Nah, screw that guy. No. No, dude. No. Not like Ohio State, but it was always absurd. It was always patently absurd, the penalties that people were facing over an issue like this. But that will happen again. Someone will be penalized in the future because they facilitated one of these deals themselves, and then we're going to have to have another reckoning down the road about why it is that they can't facilitate the deals themselves. And we're all going to have to sit back and say, oh, no, it doesn't make sense that they can't facilitate the deals themselves. Why not help the player? Isn't it better if the coach or the school is facilitating the deal than it would be if some shady guy named Slim was facilitating the deal. Well, he's a pretty big deal. Did you see what you did there? 
I, I did. I am aware of what I did there, but I, I didn't mean to do it that way. If you're getting the actual Slim Shady, maybe you let him facilitate the deal. But a different guy named Slim who happens to be Shady? No. No, I'm out on that. It'll be an issue. It's going to come up. There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, it's not an issue. Getting roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible and not letting the insurance industry get one over on you because you call C3 American Exteriors. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com today to get your free analysis. We come back in, Kyle in the kitchen. We'll be a tasting as well. Oh, look at you today. Look at you. Kyle in the kitchen. That's next. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Sports and Social Maryland is bringing the ultimate UFC fight night experience to you at Live Casino and Hotel. Watch Dustin Poirier take on the former champion, Conor McGregor, and get the ringside feeling with our state-of-the-art AV system and stadium seating. They take sports viewing to the next level with a massive 100-foot media wall, 47-foot big screen, 40 HD TVs, extensive beer selection, big eats, in-venue gaming, bowling, and more. They're raising the sports bar at Sports and Social Maryland. Come see for yourself. Tickets now on sale for UFC 264 at sportssocialmd.com. That's sportssocialmd.com. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here it Watch out! For the first time, the PGA Tour's FedEx Cup Playoffs is coming to Maryland. The top 70 players in the world converge on Kays Valley Golf Club for the 2021 BMW Championship, August 24th through 29th, 2021. Baltimore's iconic and challenging course provides the perfect test as the playoffs heat up. Tickets are now available. Don't miss your chance to watch the drama unfold. Visit BMWChampionship.com today. Hey everybody, this is Chris Ruling from Great Eights Memorabilia, and we want to invite you out to Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, July 25th. We will be there for the Casey Cares Return to Training Camp Crab Feast with Baltimore Raven linebacker Ty Bowser. Tickets are on sale now at GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's Great, the number eight, letter S, Memorabilia.com. And remember, you always have a chance to be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Thomas Kenzora profiles University of Maryland quarterback Talia Tongavailoa and his chance to deliver the Terps to Big Ten prominence this year. Also inside, Bo Smolka breaks down the Ravens' offensive line, a look at Coppin State's Olympic connection, and much more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. All right, back in here in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of PressBox. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Today's show also brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Well, it's time for Kyle in the kitchen. Kyle in the kitchen is taped in front of a live studio audience. It's actually quite fine the way that you time that, as it turns out. I'm good with that. All right, uh, Kyle in the Kitchen is brought to you this week by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797. We've all been there. You buy a lot of produce at the market. Well, I mean, I don't know that we've all been to Amarillo, but when you're there, you you go see a horse show. It's just what it is. You buy a bunch of produce at the grocery store with aspirations of finishing it all and being a nice, healthy individual. Yep. And oftentimes you don't. Happens. This time I did, though, by the way. Oh. I cooked it all. But it required me to use seven mini guacamole, pre-guacamoles, <laughs> avocados. Okay. For guacamole. The now, pre, the pre, the old pre guacamole. You, of course, are looking for a nice, not, you know, mushy, but a little bit of a give when you yep. squeeze the avocado mm-hmm. to know that it is ready to be guacified. So you have to give it a little squeeze if you are planning to use your avocados for said thing. It's not all that different from when they're ripe, to be honest, right? Like, you know, when they're ripe, you still want them to be a little bit of give there. Yeah. You don't want them to be hard. Um, as long as you got that, you're good to go. Boy, so that was I a said, joke I wanted to make there. Yeah, that well, I, don't. Yeah. So, as I said, I buy the, uh, I like to get the little, the mini avocados. Have you ever have seen those? Uh, there's the grocery store that has, oh, yeah, I'll say it. They have, they have their I don't work. know if I'm familiar with mini avocados. They sell them in a bag, right? You can get a bag of what would be six or seven little avocados. It's like a one serving kind of thing. It's okay. not too big. It's probably half the size of a regular size one. Okay. For $4. Great deal. So it's useful if you want some avocado for your meal, but you don't want to have a whole avocado because you end up having half of an avocado in your fridge and then it goes brown and you're like, well, that's a shame, right? It's it's a bummer. Um, So I had my bag and I was like, I haven't used any of these. I'm failing. This is the last produce left. I threw it in the fridge to preserve it at its present state. Mm -hmm. And then I decided to guacify it. Okay. So first of all, my critique of guacamoles are they are often not limey enough. Okay, I hear you. So mean, I, I, this is a really this isn't. Are you all talking about store bought guacamoles? I think like, a lot of guacamole. They don't. They don't. I, if you're going to a place that makes a nice table side guac, it's different, yeah. right? They better know what they're doing. Yes. But when we're talking guac, 
it's got to have the lime flavor forward, not not like overpowering, but mm-hmm. it's got to be present for sure. I would actually argue that I think guacamole as a whole could be spicier. I don't disagree. And, and now, for what it's worth, I did not include the jalapeno seeds. I okay. did for half of it. I included some, but I did not include all of it. I don't know that it would have made it overly spicy regardless, but it is what it is because I didn't know who would be eating it and what their preference sure. was. Sure. So. The ingredients are your standard if you're doing guacamole right. They are your standard guac ingredients. You got your cados, you got tomato, you got red onion, you got cilantro, mm-hmm. you got jalapeno, you got lime, salt, and pepper. Straighter, straightforward. No, Some people use olive oil. If yep. you want to, you can, but it's rich enough, I think, with the avocados being where they are. How regularly do you make guac? Not all that yeah. often. But, you know, it's always a good thing to have in your back pocket. I hear you. Easy to bring to a potluck. Yes, sure. And it's Well, when I say easy, it's easy, right? You're not doing all that much. Didn't take you too long to make this. Sure. So, first things first, you're going to obviously have your cados, get the pit out of there. Now, don't throw away your pits. Mm. Do not throw away Mm. your pits. Have the cados, scoop them out with a spoon, throw them in the bowl that you got going. Once you got all your cados in there, this is where you can kind of decide when you want to get the fork in there and start mashing. Yep. It's it's up to you. Or really. you get one of those. What are, what do they call that thing that you mash? It's a what is it's that? A, what is it's that? a mo- pestle and mortar. Is that what it's called? Pestle, that, whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like that. Um, but I don't you know I don't have one of those. So it is what it is. So I wonder. I think we actually have one at my house. They're important. The heavier, the better of the bowl. Because if you have it like a lighter bowl and you're trying to get in yeah, there, it's, it's gonna, just going to shake yep. around and tip over. Mm-hmm. Um. Next things for me, at least, was the cilantro. It kind of looks like a branding iron now that I think of it, a thing that you... A little bit. Right? The cilantro. Now, the way I like to cut my cilantro, or herbs in general, are sort of, you know how they are, the whole stem down to the leaves and all that. I like to kind of fold them over onto themselves, maybe in threes or fours, to create your taut bundle of cilantro, and I like to mince it as I go down the line mm-hmm. to get, you know, a nice, uh, what do they call it, chiffon or whatever, chiffon, whatever, I don't know. It's it's chiffon. I think chiffon. And I think so it's... I do that, you get a good bit of cilantro, you're not going to use a whole bushel, but about half a bushel, realistically. Mm-hmm. Set that aside, and you throw it in your, your cados and all of that, that's all fine and well. At that point, I think I mashed it, right? I think I mashed it once I had the cilantro in there, and then I mixed in the rest of the ingredients. So, with the tomato, you de-seed it. I don't want my, my my guac to be overly watery. I've never, I've never thought about that. I, I get I it. Like I like the chunks. I like tomato I, chunks. I get it. But I don't I need it. there to be excess liquid right. in my guacamole. I don't. I like a thicker guacamole. I don't. I get it. I've never thought it necessary, but well, I, I get it. It might not be necessary, but in my recipe, it's part of it. Right. De-seed your tomato. So you're left with your, your hollow tomato uh, rind, whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. And chunk that. I cut it into strips. Line the strips up, chunk them into somewhat uniform sizes with your, I use the whole tomato for this. It's a decent sized tomato, about a regular sized tomato. You could do more if you'd like. Uh, for the red onion, I could have probably done a whole onion, only did a half onion. Some people are sensitive about onion, they don't want to, but whatever. Screw that. I, I am I am opposed to that. You, if you, you got an onion problem, you got to look yourself in the I mirror. I get that. And yeah. ultimately, if you're eating the guacamole, you're not going to be like, there's too much onion. Correct. It tastes good regardless. Yes. So I did half. You could absolutely do whole if you are so inclined. Now, when you are dicing your onion, the smaller the little pieces, the better, in my opinion. Sort of different to the tomato. I like a chunk of tomato. I like to have sprinkled in bits of onion kind of thing. So my method here is once you've you cut off the, not the end with the little thing, the tail, the other end with the gross little whatever that part is, the ugly part, right? Cut mm-hmm. that off. 
you're going to take off the, you're going to cut that in half now, right? You're going to half your onion after you've cut that part off. You got two beautiful halves, leave the other part on, take your skin off. And if you've never done this before, a good way to do this is I actually did two lateral cuts this time instead of one. So we're talking like a third of the way down across the middle, another third of the way down across the middle. So you get even more cut action going. And then you go diagonally around the onion with different cuts. Interesting. Down to the bottom. Interesting. So now you've essentially, like, the rest, it's almost like a blooming onion of sorts mm-hmm. if you were to de- but deconstruct it. But now you're just going to finely chop from the end that you've cut the ugly part off back to wherever you feel comfortable about not cutting off your fingers. And you're left with a beautifully small diced onion portion. Okay. So threw that in the bowl naturally. Now I had two limes. Two limes, important. You put one but in the coconut and mix it all up and put, yeah. More important than using two whole limes. What really I believe this is the best guacamole I've ever made, and I feel that confidently. What really I believe set this off. Of course, you mm-hmm. want to wash your produce. I'm not a monster. What set this off is I zested one of the limes as well. Oh. So. Obviously, you need a little greater action yeah, for that. Yeah, you definitely need that. But the entire rind of one of those limes is getting zested into your mixture. Interesting. Including the, of course, juice, the squeezed yep. juice of the two limes. I only zested one. I didn't do two. I didn't want to go overboard. But I did taste it after I put the zest in there and after I squeezed one lime in. And I said, that's not enough lime. So I put the second lime juice in there, and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. At that point... I'm an eyeballer. I don't really do the measurements I'm, of all I'm that. I hear you. Grinding black pepper. You don't want to go overboard, but it's hard to really overpower that flavor with black pepper. Yep. So, like, you know, good bit of black pepper in there. And pour a little, uh, I like the uh, kosher kosher salt. Okay. Pour a little kosher salt into your palm. Enough, you know, you know what too much salt looks like. You want it, it's probably about two to three pinches if you're using the three-finger method. Dump <laughs> that in. God, there's, you're leaving all of these things out here for me yep. and just expecting me to do nothing with them. Hey. And I'm going to do my best. I'm going to try to behave. The three-finger like, method. Everyone loves the three-finger method. Just, just, you just got to acknowledge gotta, you gotta ease what way. you're doing here. Uh, and so at that point, all the components of your guac are in the bowl. You are now mixing. You're mixing it all together. Now, you, if you have already, like I had... Use the fork to mash sure. avocados. And I don't like to fully mash. I like there to be a little bit of chunk action if possible. It's nice to get a little chunk of avocado in your guacamole, in my opinion. But ultimately, you're going to mix it up. You've got all your ingredients in there, beautifully mixed, at which point you are ready to go. And I did bring guacamole and into the this studio because it's a cold dish. It's a cold dish. The correct. rest of my dishes are hot. Yes, this is the really... first show-and-tell episode of Kyle in the Kitchen. And, and I think you'll see there's still a pit in that thing. As I said, saving the pit. You know what that does? What's, what does that do? If you don't save the pit, we've all seen a brown avocado or a brown yes. bowl of guacamole. That yes, is due to the oxygen turning it to a different color. Now, it doesn't affect the taste. It's not going to make it taste bad, but you're all about presentation so, here in this world so, as well. So here's the... So I leave the pit in there. I used three pits for this because I wanted to try and get it as best as possible as I could preserve I it. I prefer right? Kyle pits, but... Indeed, you yes, know. me too. Three is fine. And that'll keep it fresh looking. All right, so I'm going to get a healthy scoop. As you should. A healthy scoop of guacamole. This is on a pita chip. Yeah. It's a fine guacamole. It's a very fine guacamole. In and fact, the lime, you can taste the lime. The lime the is lime. very present, but it's not overpowering. I'm going to say two things about it. Okay. I stand by 
and this is not on you. This is a preference. Thing. More onion. I absolutely think there could be more onion. Yeah. Um, I like a little bit of the the texture. I one, it. I hear you. And two, I just like you know, I like. As the, do I? I could taste some onions. So I hear you. It's um, and, and I'm, I I don't like using the term mush to describe guacamole because it, it's. We, we just have a gross connotation yeah. with the concept of mush, but we have to admit, like, that is really kind of the texture that you're dealing with with guacamole. It's a mush, I right? And the onion really kind of breaks up some of the mush and gives it a little Look, bit more. Look, I would a, not be opposed to having a whole onion in there. Um, and the only other thing I say, again, going to preference, is I also still, as I told you before, I think it could still be a, a spicier, but that's, I, no, most people don't want the spicier guacamole, Correct. right? Like, I. I don't disagree. For I, in particular. Love it. If I were I, making it for myself, I would make it spicier. There's a joint in the village in New York called Caliente Cab, mm-hmm. and I would go out of my way anytime I was in New York, even if I had no reason to be in the village whatsoever. Um, there was also a really cool uh, jazz club called Fat Daddies that I like going to there. Yes, flute. Uh, yeah, yes, flute. Exactly right. It, it was actually a Utah jazz club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's just knows. a place where they Popular. go and they watch Jeff Hornacek Everyone highlights. Everyone pays homage to Utah and their jazz <laughs> culture. One hundred percent. Um, but I would go out of my way literally every time I was in New York for years to go. Here, I'm going to get one more and then. Um, oh, look at Take you. Take that guacamole. What a mensch. What a mensch. Um, to go to Fat Daddy's and to go to Caliente Cab because Caliente Cab made. This was the first place I ever really fell in love with guac was at the Caliente Cab when I was a kid because it was the first time they really did that that texture and that spice. That set it off for me. That set it apart. That made it so it wasn't just really avocado mush, you know. And I but, gotta say, I'm, I'm never not gonna make guac without lime zest. Now, it definitely brings something out. There's no doubt about it. It brings something out. It's a citrusy, like I I like that citrusy feel yeah. to something that I'm consuming. But it's not overpowering, right? Like you're not. No. It's not the no. only thing you are tasting. No, not at all. It's a very tasty guac. It's a very tasty guac. Um, I'll let you rate. Oh, this I one. I give it a certain number yeah. of hot nine. We're doing it out of a hundred. Yeah, that is um that is an again understanding you prefer more onion and more spice. And that's why I'm trying to be fair to this, right? But if like, you were to say rate this on um, based on the if way you were that most it people to a enjoy, potluck. it's a ninety-two at that point. It's a ninety-two. It's a 92 of a guac. It's a really good guac. On my scale, it'd be more like an 84, 85, somewhere in that neighborhood because, I, you know, as I said, I do I, – I would like a little more onion. I would like um, um, a little bit more spice. Sure. But on, on what you're talking about on the, the broader – For um, appealing to everyone. It's a 92. It's, a, it's an outstanding guac. It is, it is very tasty. I appreciate that. Um, I'm sure – um, even like, you know, there's, if it had come even right out of the bowl too, I'm sure, yeah. you know, like that, 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 that would make it, it's a very good guac. It's very good. Well done. Thank well you. done. Thank now. you. Thank very, very good. And I appreciate that's a, that's a kind gift. You're welcome. On a Friday. A, a Enjoy it with your tennis, you know, I, this is going to be, and I got t- it, it's soccer this afternoon too. What a big day. I hope nobody. And by the way, there's, on. it's all, there's no like. It's all vegetables in here. There's no olive oil. There's no extra fat added. This is all just stuff that would be grown from a garden. So it's healthy. Do you uh, like that too? Well, I mean, the, the salt and, you know. It's, it's not a whole not, lot of salt. It's not a lot of salt, but, you know. And you're only having in that serving probably a half a pinch. So you're fine. God bless. God bless. Thank you, Kyle. Well done. So that was Kyle in the Kitchen. Kyle in the Kitchen brought to you this week by as well by our friends at Window Nation. Don't let the insurance. In- oh, that's the other one. Sorry. <laughs> Scratch that, flip it, and reverse it. Window Nation. Go ahead. It's uh, offering you. It's yours. By all means. By uh, 50% off all styles of windows. 
Oh, man. 50% off all styles of windows. No money down. No payments. No interest for two full years. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. Window Nation, the perfect fit. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. The return to training camp. Did I say training cramp? It sounded like I said training cramp. The return to training camp crab feast is coming up on July 25th at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. It's going to be an awesome time. It's hosted by Tyus Bowser. You know him. He's got a big contract. He had a hell of a season. You want to be there? Be a part of it? Benefit Casey Cares? Go to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com, right now in order to get your tickets. Tidbit. So, now, apparently the Cowboys are going to be on hard knocks. Oh, that's mildly entertaining. Sure. Just a quick nod to Cedric Mullins. We love him. Great player. He's hit 14 home runs this year. It's a good number. Of course, he's a left-handed hitter exclusively this season. Yep. Left side said, they call him. We all know that in Yankee Stadium, that favors a left-handed hitter. And we should acknowledge that if Cedric Mullins played every game this year at Yankee Stadium, yes. he would have 23 home runs, yeah, because of the not 14. Uh, I mean, so that's just a fun fact. I, neat. We will also talk about Baltimore native and former guest of the show this week, Gavin Sheets, who's continued his success with the on, White Sox. On night two, he hit a home run. I mean, I'm he joined Bill Sissel. Ah, C-I-S-S-E-L-L, who did so April 11th through 13th in 1928 as the only White Sox player with an extra base hit in each of his first three career MLB games. Well, and if you could get to go on to have a career like Bill Sissel. Indeed. I mean, so credit to him. Hope it continues, and we'll see him in Baltimore this weekend or next weekend. We are, we are assuming that at this point. It would be somewhat silly if he wasn't still Indeed. on the team. Vlad Jr., well, leading all-star vote-getter. Damn pretty pretty good hitter, that when, guy. I'm not even kidding. So I'm, I, you, this won't mean anything to you because you don't care about professional wrestling, but on the screen, as I was looking up at tennis a second ago, they on the bottom line mm-hmm. – they had uh, Guerrero Jr. and it was leading vote getter, but all I saw was Guerrero Jr. I was like, I was terrified that like Chavo Guerrero Jr. had died. I oh. was like, what the? Oh my! And then I realized why would that be on the ESPN yeah, yeah. bottom line? You know. Yeah. Well, there you go. Vlad Jr. is an All Star starter, and of course, his father was an All Star starter seven times. So, Vlad Jr. and now, Vlad his, Sr. Who's his, who's his father? Uh, Hector. Uh, Guerrero Sr. Guerrero loved Hector. Uh, Vlad Jr. and Vlad Sr. are one of five father-son pairs to to have each started, not Uh, appeared, but started in an MLB All-Star game. Name the other four. Um, the, the, the Boons. We need names here. Uh, well, I'm assuming both Aaron and Brett started All Stars, and Bob Boone. Aaron did not. Brett and Bob both did. Uh, I'm kind of surprised Aaron never started an All Star game. Steroids, baby. I mean, what is that, Brett? Because is that, that's why Brett did, is what you're saying. I'm not sure how that actually is a thing. Um, I don't think I'll. I don't think Ken Griffey Senior ever started an All Star game. He won an All Star MVP, but he didn't start yeah. that game. How about Moise and Felipe Alou? Both appeared, but they didn't start. Both didn't start. Uh, 
Cecil and Prince Fielder. Indeed, they are a pair on this list. Uh, uh, Bobby and Barry Bonds. They are another pair on this list. Now, one remains. Kind of tricky, this one. The the Alamars? Nope. It's not the... There can be a player included twice on the list. Oh, there can be a player included twice on the list. But we already covered the Boons. Mm-hmm. Or did Boons. we? Oh, if, if Bob Boone had a father who played baseball, I have no idea who it is. I Bob could not. Boone and Ray Boone. All right. I, both I have started. No, we could have been here for a year, and I would not have been able to tell you that, that Ray Boone was a thing. I'm sorry. I just that We could have been here all day. But that is a good one. I did like that. That was good. Um, uh, that was tidbit. It was also brought to you by the BMW Championship. The top 70 golfers on the PGA Tour will be coming to Caves Valley right here in Baltimore for the BMW Championship. It's going to be an amazing week. I just saw something this week that it's a like $20 million economic impact for the area, which is insane. Get your tickets. Be out there for this awesome event. BMWChampionship.com is the way you go about doing it. Tubular, brought to you by the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. Talia Tungavailoa, Maryland quarterback, on the cover. He's got a huge opportunity to sort of take a step forward, not only for himself, but for the entire program this season. Read all about it. Get it for free wherever you find Pressbox or read it at pressboxonline.com. Here's what's coming up this weekend. Totally tubular. Orioles on the West Coast against the Angels. Looking to extend the win streak. Keegan Aiken on the mound tonight against Griffin Canning. They have not announced starters for Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. Like I, I know they're, they're, they're I think I saw somebody tweet it out, but I forgot who they were. Not Otani. Uh, no, the Angels have. Yeah, not The yeah. Orioles oh, okay, have not. The Angels announced Alex Cobb for yeah. Saturday and Patrick Sandoval for Sunday. The Orioles have not announced Saturday and Sunday starters for this weekend. Uh, Stanley Cup Final continues tonight. Game three between the Lightning and Canadiens at 8 o'clock. The Eastern Conference Final after the Bucks. I We didn't talk at all about it. It was just a boring game, unfortunately. I mean, it was, it's one, you know, you don't have any Giannis or Trey Young, and then the game was just all, not all that competitive. And You know, credit to the Bucks, sure. They got the job done, and now the Hawks will try to extend the series. That's tomorrow night. On TNT at 8.30 for Game 6. Should there be a Game 7, it wouldn't be until Monday. By the way, we will be off on Monday. We'll do it. Uh, have a tubular posted. But we will be off on Monday because it is the federal holiday with 4th of July being on Sunday. Um, what else this weekend that matters? What matters? The Euro, as I mentioned, uh, continues this afternoon. Right now, underway. Switzerland and Spain, and then Belgium-Italy, the big one. That's at 3 o'clock, both those matches on ESPN. Wimbledon coverage is on ESPN2. Right now it'll be between ESPN and ESPN2 for the next couple of days because of soccer. The Euro uh, quarterfinals tomorrow on ESPN, Czech Republic and Denmark at 12, and then on ABC, England and Ukraine at 3. And uh, I don't know, that's probably about it. I think that's about it that matters. Everything else, oh, of course, on Sunday, the Nathan's Famous 4th of July Hot Dog Eating Contest at noon on ESPN with our boy Joey Chestnut and then the All-Star Selection Show. We will find out the fate of uh, Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini on Sunday at 5.30 on ESPN. Everything else sports-wise you can find at glennclarkradio.com. 
non-sports. Uh, everything's mostly off this weekend, though there is a ne- Netflix movie, No Sudden Move, which features the... Oh, sorry, HBO Max. Features the beloved Brendan Fraser. Uh, it's supposed yeah. to be really good. Steven Soderbergh, heist he, movie. He's, he's uh, Benicio Del Toro was also in it, and Don Cheadle. So, right. good cast there. I'll be checking that out. At some is point the soon. the Chris Pratt movie is out this weekend, right? Yeah, I it's on that is as Amazon well. Prime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on Sunday, there's still the AMC Discovery of Witches and Kevin Can F himself shows. I am uh, fairly caught up on Kevin and Can F himself. You like it? I'm no, I don't know how caught up I am. I, I, I think I'm on. I think I just it's finished episode watching. two. It's worth watching. It's. I'm nervous that there's not going to be a single redeeming character. Fair enough. I'm uh, nervous that's about Sunday that. Sunday at 8 or 9, excuse me. And then Stars has run the world blind spotting in Little Birds from 8.30 through 9.30. So there you go. Oh, Little Birds. Yeah, Little Birds. Um, who doesn't love Little Birds? It sounds great. All right. Uh, thanks today to Brian Barrio, athletic director at UMBC. Thanks also to Greg Rosenthal. We'll get that up in the greatest hits. And Kyle in the Kitchen up in the greatest hits section of the Archive. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Few things. One, bat around tomorrow morning. Zach. Uh, and Paul will be talking baseball with you from 10 to noon, as they do every Saturday, same locations, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, pressboxonline.com slash radio. New episode of Jobbing Out available right now. Uh, The controversial Sam Adonis is our guest this week. He's coming to uh, MCW in a few weeks, so we caught up with him on this week's show. Find that by going to pressboxonline.com slash radio and then clicking on the Jobbing Out icon or search for it where you get your podcasts. Also, new episode of Courts of Thunder will be coming this weekend, as we talked about with Greg Rosenthal. We are kind of trying, we're thinking maybe we're going to do it on Sunday because there is no tennis on Sunday. So it's a good day to sort of reset, not have things change so quickly. We're leaning towards Sunday, maybe Sunday morning, Saturday night, something like that, trying to record a new episode of Courts of Thunder. So I think that's everything you need to know as far as uh, programming is concerned. As I mentioned, we will not be here on Monday. Um, Everybody enjoy the holiday. I am getting ready to take some time off. I just want to give you guys that heads up, but appreciate Ken Zalas, Stan the Fan Charles, and Paul Valley, who have all agreed to come in and hang out. I think Ken's doing six days, Stan's doing four, and Paul's doing one, um, as I'm going to be gone for two weeks and a day. Um, and I'll explain that more to you next week, what I'm going to be doing. But I will be here for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week before I head out. All right. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the BMW Championship, Bradley Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter, at Kay Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Uh, go Orioles. Anybody else we need to root for this weekend? I don't know. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. <laughs>